Hello, it is Coach Us Up Chuck Wednesday, November 10th, and there's a lot to talk about. OBJ watches in full force, Chuck Pagano, Matt Money Smith, power rankings chatter. We talk every single sport and obviously everything going on in the NFL. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day. If you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. Is coaches up Chuck Wednesday, which means Chuck Pagano, former head coach in the NFL, coach of football for over 30 plus years, man who was the uh, figurehead and the founder of the Chuck Strong Foundation, which has raised millions and millions of dollars for cancer research whenever he battled against leukemia. Uh, when he found out he had it in week four and was back by, I think, week 17 or whatever. Uh, Chuck Pagano will come on today. Let's okay. go, Chuck. We'll ask him about everything happening in the wide, wild world of the NFL. How about all the upsets? How's that happen? How's a team that's on top of the world all of a sudden lose to a team that stinks? How, how does that happen mm. from one week to the next? Do you know anything about what's potentially going on behind the scenes at some of the places? Like, for instance, Chuck Pagano's brother coaches for the Denver Broncos. They beat the dog shit out of Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. And now we're learning... That Jerry Jones did not expect to lose to the Denver Broncos. No. Nuh-uh. No, he did not. And the big news of the day is obviously that it is OBJ Watch Day. Where will Odell Beckham Jr. land? He negotiated himself out of Cleveland with Andrew Barry. Will be paid $4.25 million from the Cleveland Browns. And now, because he's never got termination pay before, you can only do it once. He can double dip and play for another team. What will the contracts look like? Where will he want to go? Maybe. It's how about the Saints? Oh, Sean Payton. Oh, when the Saints come marching in. Oh, when the Saints come marching in. In the room for Odell Beckham Jr. And they say, hey, pal, you, OBS, your family from New Orleans. Want to LSU? Come on back. Come on back. Then the Chiefs are allegedly in a conversation because the Chiefs are in a conversation for anybody that's good at football because they know that their team is in a window where they can win Super Bowls at a rapid rate. They've paid everybody that they've had on their roster for like the next three, four years. Patrick Mahomes for 10 years. You get another weapon on that offense, maybe that'll be the thing that'll be able to get them back to looking like the showtime show. I was going to call them great show on turf, but they weren't that. They were actually the most explosive plays on, on turf. Yeah. <laughs> they can get back to that. You add Odell Beckham Jr. in there. Maybe that's the case. And because he's double dipping, he won't have to get paid much, even though the Kansas City Chiefs have somehow been able to pay everybody because their salary cap gymnastic expert is one of the best in the league, right behind Mike Greenberg down there in Tampa. Can't believe Tampa Bay's not interested, by the way, if you hear Kansas City's interested. Allegedly, they're not. And this might just be who Odell Beckham Jr. is honing in on. But the entire world expects Odell Beckham to inevitably fall to one particular team. And I get accosted a lot because this show does become a potential Aaron Rodgers conversation when Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the NFL, the biggest story, not just in the NFL, but in the entire world. And we're the only show that he comes on every single week. So we're associated with Aaron Rodgers. So if the MVP does something that the entire world is talking about, we have to talk about it. I do apologize. I don't love it. I haven't loved one. Mm -hmm. We've had to talk about here, both in the off season mm -hmm. and then also now, but moving forward, it's going to be beautiful because I think Aaron Rodgers is a potential destination 
for Odell Beckham Jr. Yes. Hell yeah! Now, does he know that playing on the other side of Devontae Adams will help out everything? Yes, he knows. And that's not a knock on Jarvis Landry or anybody in Cleveland, but Devontae Adams is a guy. Devontae Adams is a stud. Devontae Adams also knows that the person throwing the ball to Devontae Adams is a guy that can normally, not all the time, hey, he probably has, he has misses just like everybody else. He is a human, although he throws footballs like an alien. He is unbelievable for how long he has been able to do it. He can put balls in buckets literally from anywhere and if you're Odell Beckham Jr. when you're covered you're not covered so maybe with Baker Mayfield and this is not a knock on Baker Mayfield once again this would be comparing Baker Mayfield's arm directly to Aaron Rodgers arm which would be very unfair for any quarterback not just Baker Mayfield but Baker Mayfield might have thought Odell Beckham Jr. was covered in Aaron Rodgers eyes literally nobody is covered it is a fascinating thing it's been showcased on primetime television that touchdown to Big Bob Tunyon on a Monday Night Football game against the Detroit Lions that he put literally right over the shoulder of the person covering Bob and hit Bob. It, it was almost what's that? Uh, what's that? Little Giants? Maybe is that a movie yeah, where sure. oh, yeah. they throw something and sticks in the helmet? Oh, yeah. uh-huh. If if Aaron, it was almost like the football stuck into the dude's into Bob Tunyon's hands, and nobody Peyton Manning almost shit himself watching it mm-hmm. live. He was like, All right, "What is that?" Odell knows that if you get into that offense. With A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones in the backfield. The draft Bakhtiari's coming back yeah. to the offensive line. There's probably going to be a little bit more time. Not that the offensive line hasn't done a fantastic job. The, Odell going to Green Bay makes so much sense football-wise. Now, will they be able to figure it out business-wise because he's able to double-dip? Will Odell Beckham Jr. go there and immediately have an impact? Yes, I believe. Will Odell Beckham Jr. be able to go there and buy in? Yes, I believe, because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. And you go to a place and you buy into their program. If you believe that buying into their program will make you a winner. That's why when people go to New England... Everybody just says, all right, I'll do whatever miserable shit this is going to be because it has proven for the last 20 years that they'll be able to win. But then whenever New England goes somewhere else, like let's say Cleveland Mm. or uh, Denver or anywhere, it normally doesn't work. The Bill Belichick umbrella coaching tree has produced rotten fruit for a large majority (laughs) of its um, uh, harvest. There you go. There it is. Bad harvest. Bad harvest. Because they all try to put in the New England Patriot uh, way in all these places. And that's a good thing if you win. But if you lose, a lot of guys go, fuck it, I'm not doing this. (laughs) Joe Judge had him doing push-ups and shit in pads and training. That ain't going to happen next year. Especially if they're going to continue to lose. That ain't going to happen. Now, if they would have won, all right, we'll do all this shit because we know that this will inevitably lead to a win. That's why I believe that the coaching tree is so bad because you get to a place, if you're not going to win, it's going to be hard to get adults to buy into your bullshit and make your life absolutely miserable and lose whenever you know that it is happening elsewhere in a much different fashion and they're having success. It's just a tough thing whenever you think about the psychology of how you build a team and how you get people to buy in. Similar situation here with Odell Beckham Jr. going to... To Aaron Rodgers. Hey, I know that Aaron Rodgers is going to have success. Aaron Rodgers has been successful for a long, long time. This offense has been successful for a very long time. He's an MVP. I will be willing to go ahead and run decoy routes and do all this other stuff, knowing that whenever it's my opportunity to get a ball, I'm going to get hit with it. Like that is, that is something I think that is much easier to buy in whenever you have somebody like Aaron Rodgers. And there's only a couple people that are like Aaron Rodgers. There's not a lot of them. And that's why I believe 
New Orleans Saints would be a great story. I don't know. He doesn't want to play with Trevor Simeon. I, that's, I don't know how that goes. You know, I, I don't know how that yeah. goes. And if you look at this Pokemon graphic that Dirty made. Uh-huh. Right. Good Pokemon graphic. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Dirty made this graphic, and Dirty <laughs> is incredible what he does. Oh, yeah. Very good. Dirty has made our show much better with his full-time focus on making the optics of the show better. Yeah. So we appreciate Dirty. We do. But Dirty doesn't know me at all. Oh, uh, no, no. He put this thing on here and was like, <laughs> I asked him, I didn't know if that was something you hang on a tree. Like, yeah, is an that ornament. an ornament? Like an ornament. Looks is like that an it. ornament or whatever? And he said, no, in Pokemon, whenever they're eyeing where they're headed next, there's like this sonar thing that yeah, goes in the there. Yeah, And then, up. boom, yeah, Pikachu comes in. Catch and them all. Bang! Yeah. They go in Squirrel. there. Squirrel. So this is basically Odell eyeing his next thing. I'm oh. like, who am I? Okay, to bring an umbrella to a brainstorm. That's right. True. Basically, Amen. submarine technology. Bingo. And once he painted the picture for me, I'm like, dirty fucking do whatever the fuck you got to do with you. <laughs> yeah. If you need to make Pokemon references to bring out the best metaphors possible, which is exactly what he did with this, yeah. you do what you got to do. Anyways, these are the three teams. I just think that if you think about what happened in Cleveland and what the alleged problems were, you would think that he would probably be heading to the most efficient quarterback. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Incredibly talented. Pretty good. But in Green... Now you got to move to Green Bay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting cold up there. Hey, that Oneida Casino, though. I, I, That's it, right. It's a giver. It does give money away. That's mm -hmm. right. And there's a lot of good bars. They even have uh, uh, curling there. Oh, they have yeah. a curling oh. thing right there on uh, Lambeau Lane or mm -hmm. Lombardi Lane or yeah. something like that. Hell McCarthy yeah. Street has a couple bars on it up oh, there. Yeah. Brett Favre has a road or two up <laughs> yes, there. Yes, he does. If he survived two years in Cleveland, Green Bay is going to seem like Vegas. That's true. Anyways, what's up, Tom? Okay, so... You're right, though. Cleveland didn't deserve that shot at all. Mm -hmm. Cleveland is, I think, a much larger metropolis than Green Bay would Absolutely. be. Uh -huh. But both have, as a person that has been to both, and as a person, as a child, was brainwashed against the city of Cleveland. Brainwash. I, I, this, is, this is the most important people in your life telling you as a child. The city of Cleveland is a fucking dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's this is before everybody had Google on their phones. Okay, this is before you could just check some. And by the way, what a game changer that was for a lot of these motherfuckers that just bullshitted their way through life. Oh yeah. Back in the day, you could just say whatever. I mean, I remember getting answers to things that were clearly wrong, but people said it with such conviction. For me, I'm like, all right, fucking gospel, dude. Sounds good. Right. I'm taking that forever. I was told from a very young age, but not only by my parents, by teachers, by. Uh, neighbors by everybody basically Cleveland is literally the worst city that has ever been created in the entire country wow in the entire globe that is how is Cleveland is talked about in Pittsburgh goes back to the Steelers Browns rivalry before Cleveland left and then the rumor was hey you know those Browns fans after the Browns left and went to Baltimore they're now Steelers fans That's we, right. we oh. won the war which I found out later that is not true by the way they did not become Steelers fans that was all just these are all the propagandized really? that were being told to mm. us children in Pittsburgh I never heard that one what, that they became Steelers fans? We would not accept those scumbags. All right, okay. so there's a lot of that going on. But I've heard that Cleveland was a terrible place ever since I was a kid. Whenever I was shaping my thoughts, I was told that. Then I went there to play in the NFL. Fucking beautiful city. It's a nice yeah. city. Right there on the lake. It's absolutely incredible. It's gorgeous. The city is nice. Now, there's some trash some places. That's every single city we Big ran cities. into that. Wow. Jack's Casino downtown is a giving casino. That's right. It's like nine floors. It's, it goes straight up. Maybe it might be their, their biggest skyscraper yeah, out there. Big, Jack's big. Casino has like seven <laughs> floors, eight <laughs> floors up there. It is a beautiful city. 
Green Bay is much different than that. It is. Sure. Green Bay is literally out in the middle of nowhere. When you land there, you think you're landing in Antarctica. But then you meet the people, and it's like, oh, these are fucking awesome. I got a chance to go out there for a Week 17 Lions-Packers game. Got to experience uh, Touchdown Town. Touchdown Town? Touchdown Town. Is that place? what it's called? <laughs> I think it's called Touchdown Town. Uh, Lombardi play. Ah, uh, something. They have the entire area built up around it. Yeah. And it's a lot of restaurants, a lot of bars. Mm -hmm. There's like a, a big hill for you to tube down. Ooh. And like there's the museum there that you got to buy a ticket to. And then they have a shop. So everybody travels in for Packers games from out of town. Not everybody. Obviously, there's people that live in Green Bay. And Green Bay has a great people that live there. But a lot of people travel in. And the Packers take advantage of that by building their own basic city. Mm -hmm. So I think if you were to live there full time, you might not just be able to go to that every single night. But I think there's little villages and stuff. Like there's actual oh, yeah. villages that are like off and about that are out there. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. will have a problem with it. I don't know if it's his forever home. I'm not going to say that, but that type of thing doesn't seem like to be the reasoning on why Odell Beckham Jr. wouldn't go to Green Bay, Wisconsin. At Ty Schmidt, Packer owner, your thoughts? Well, the ball's in his court, right? Because he he initially, and we didn't know if it was substantiated or true, but it turns out it is. You know, when Schultz said yesterday <laughs> that his num his number one destination would be the Packers, like you knew the Packers were going to be were only going to offer him the vet men, and it was never going to be about money. If he really does want to go and and play for like a team that's going to win and contribute because that's the thing you know everyone's saying like oh he needs his touches like if he's still the guy who can you know have two catches but he'll take 165 yards for a touchdown like Rodgers isn't missing those kind of throws and with Devontae over there like it, it every time something he like might this, miss one i yeah, mean we're, we're saying but just i mean the, the guy's explosive he's unbelievable at one time he was arguably the the best receiver in the nfl and if it is just a rental for the rest of the year for cheap like why not? Why wouldn't you? Well, let's talk about the OBJ timeline. And Zito put this together. It is incredibly well done. Go, More Pokemon? Uh, it's not Pokemon. Okay. By the way, I, Zito did tell me in my ear, and I knew I was going to get this. It was Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Uh, uh, classic mix-up. Yeah, that is on me. Got to catch them all, dude. Yeah, I've never seen it. Come on. I've never seen either of them either, but I did see our offense alignment one time doing the Pokemon in the park thing. Yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go. That yeah. one, yeah, the, the, that whole thing. And they were uh, catching them in between meetings. And I did question whether or not we're going to win the Super Bowl that year. You, uh, you grew <laughs> up calling one of your friends uh, Pikachu. Dragon Ball Z character. Yeah, Pikachu. Goku. Goku. Oh, yeah, Goku, sorry. Chris <laughs> mm -hmm. didn't deserve that. Other one was Pikachu. No, I don't think we ever had a Pikachu. Uh, no. I think I just learned a Pikachu recently. <laughs> okay. I don't know if adult Chris gets called Goku anymore, and if he doesn't, that's a shame. But he used to have that big hair. I guess. My, my sure. friend used to have big hair. Yeah. And we learned a lot about the guy who actually gave him the name because we didn't think he watched that shit, and he did. And it was like, wow, we did not know that about you. This guy probably, yeah, he's in jail. I, I think oh. the guy that created that, he's, he's definitely, really? I did not know oh. he was Dragon Ball Z guy. The, the Goku nickname, though, struck and hit because it's one of the coolest names of all time. Probably has a bunch of nicknames for people in prison, just handing them out. I'd assume so, yeah. He might be a barber, too. Oh, nice. In prison? Oh. Yeah, yeah. So he's... Oh, good living. Yeah. He's running conversations. Of course. Oh, yeah. By the way, he's a good conversationalist, that guy. Peacekeeper, too. Too good, too. so he was able to move whatever he really wanted to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He was able to just kind of... Once I got some, you got some, we yeah. got some. <laughs> Who's got some? And then the cops said, we got all. Oh. And then that was when it all ended. Yeah, and then sure. now, he's barber in jail. Yeah. <laughs> good barber. Hell of a nickname uh, giver, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's going on, Tom? Um, due to some texts that we just received on the show, 
Dirty may have to add some extra Pokeballs. Yeah, that's very fascinating. You said that. Let's get to the timeline because I just saw what uh, Florio has reported. Uh, Florio says that the New England Patriots also involved in the Odell Beckham Jr. conversation. So we'll get to that whenever we get to the end of the timeline for Odell Beckham Jr. Look at this incredible timeline, first of all, that Zito did. But also, what an insane run here. You know, if you think back to all the big Odell Beckham Jr. moments, obviously May 8th, 2014, Odell Beckham Jr. is drafted out of LSU. Hey, congrats. Hey, nice job, Odell. Then November 23rd, 2014, he has the catch on primetime Sunday night football over the head, one-handed, two-fingered, becomes an absolute superstar, wins the rookie of the year that year. Then he makes Pro Bowl the next year. And in that next season, you know, things start to go a little... Haywire. Oh, but he gets into it with the kicking net. Still makes the Pro Bowl, though. That's how passionate he is. He gets upset at kicking nets. It comes down, hits him right in the head. Then all of a sudden, he takes a picture on a boat with some of his teammates mm-hmm. wearing Tim's mm-hmm. shirtless jeans. The Giants stink from that point forward. Yeah. <laughs> He signs a $95 million contract extension. Then he gets traded just months after that to the Cleveland Browns. Then he gets hurt, tears his ACL in his uh, first couple of months there. Oh. Then he returns in September, beats the Bears, and then all of a sudden they're back this year. All hell breaks loose, and now the Browns release Odell Beckham Jr. And today, November 10th, 2021, Odell Beckham Jr. is eyeing the Kansas City Chiefs, the New Orleans Saints, the Green Bay Packers, and now allegedly the New England Patriots. Hell yeah! At Boston Connor, we thought this was potentially going to happen, so that's why, Mm -hmm. you know, I obviously saved the intro to you until it was made official uh, publicly. We have been saying that the Patriots would be in on this situation. They have the ability, they have the respect, and they have the need. Your thought at Boston Connor, as a man who is a diehard Patriots fan, but also understands that anything you say right now will be remembered if he doesn't go to the New England Patriots. Well, I mean, I think there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, is Odell number one wide receiver and I think if he goes to New England immediately he steps into that role proves a lot of people wrong he can go to the Packers but he'll be the number two Chiefs he'll be the number two he's not over Tyreek Hill probably yeah Kelsey you throw him in there as well you know so if he wants to prove these people wrong come on down to New England he's we got Bill he's talked to Randy Moss about his experience he's talked to Akeem Tlaib actually if you recall on Cam Newton's show him Victor Cruz and Odell Beckham actually spoke about the perception of Belichick and what he really thinks about him how you know he's misunderstood dope as fuck right? he's dope as fuck he just wants what's best for you and for you to succeed so and look i know aaron's unbelievable quarterback unbelievable pat quarterback. mahomes unbelievable quarterback uh, yeah unbelievable trevor simeon you, you know, hey hey he throws the ball him like in. yeah T- what him. happened with that whole t- time will be the judge <laughs> yeah. yeah time will be the judge <laughs> He could still be Steve Young, but you know, Mac Jones is also a pretty, you know, good quarterback and throw the rock around accurate. Yeah, you know, the thing about that New England Patriots offense is like, if you're a wide receiver that yeah. wants to contribute and help win, you, you think, oh, it seems like the Patriots have had a lot of success with wide receivers. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we have. They, yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, uh, are you talking about recently? Yeah, well, yeah, just in the right modern now? era of football. Oh, in the modern era of football, of course. You know, Edelman's been in. Oh, yeah, stud. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Randy Moss has been oh, on yeah, 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 the Yeah, Troy. Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola, sure. Antonio Brown in the one game that he played for us had six catches. Let's talk about, like, just, you know, potential the modern offense that is being run with the New England Patriots. Do you think that is something that Odell was like, you know what? I want to get the ball at all in Cleveland. Let me fucking sign up for that again. Let me go to New England. Well, that is the worry. I do think the Browns <laughs> offense is a little similar to us. We lean on the run game heavy for sure. But you bring in Odell. Yeah, well, we're going to throw the ball 30 times oh, a yeah. damn game. <laughs> Why wouldn't we? Got to start at wide receiver. Just real quick. This is not me knocking this style of offense, by the way. This is just me thinking mm -hmm. if you're Odell Beckham Jr., what type of offense would you want to go to? And I'm surprised that the Baltimore Ravens haven't even been in the conversation. Because the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, early, right? Lamar Jackson even had to put out a tweet like, hey, I, I, that ain't, that's way over my head, he said, yeah. basically, or something like that. But that's a place that could use another weapon for sure. And that's an offense that I assume and that he – I mean, it feels like everybody loves playing for the Baltimore Ravens yeah. right now. The Lamar Jackson era seems to be one where everybody enjoys being there and they're having a lot of success and maybe one more weapon would help. But that goes back to the point I guess we were just talking about. Hollywood Brown put out a tweet last year and said, what's the point of having dogs if you ain't yeah, going to use that's it? That's right. They got Marky Andrews. And I don't know if this really affects anything, but uh, Rashad Bateman, their rookie wide receiver, had like hit the best game of his uh, probably uh, career, yeah, because he's only played a few games last week. So if they added OBJ, does that kind of hinder his growth just because he's kind of new in that offense? I'm not sure about that, but this is something that we should think about. So when we get pitched um, guests to potentially come on this show, by the booking people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If there's somebody we are a fan of, we know, we like, we're immediately like, yes, would love that. Now, they never come to fruition, but the, the conversation is quick. Right. What also has to be added in there is if the person, we don't know him, we're not that big of a fan. Yeah. Then we listen to him talk and it's like, I have to make the decision. Okay, would I rather hear our show talk then this person potentially get 14 minutes right. of the air. And the answer is almost, in these situations when I ask that, overwhelmingly, yeah, I'd rather we just spew shit mm -hmm. than this particular person. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, adding Odell Beckham Jr. does potentially make you have to take the ball out of your most electrifying player that you've ever had in Lamar Jackson. Why would you even want to change it, I guess? Like, like that would, you would have to change something if Odell Beckham Jr. comes in there. I assume they're thinking, we want, a, we want a playoff game last year. Everybody said that Lamar Jackson was getting figured out. That is not the case. It seems like he's just getting more comfortable almost. Yeah, yeah. Who knows how long this will go? I hope forever because it is so much fun to watch. This past weekend when he flipped the switch, you actually watch the Ravens flip the switch and decide to beat the Vikings. Now, it goes into overtime and all that, and Justin Tucker hits the game winner. But if you add something and change that offense at all, and I know they've been calling for it and all that, but – Lamar Jackson's the top five rusher in the NFL right now, active. Lamar right. Jackson, top five rusher in the NFL right now. Now, passing, I guess, is always going to be the case, but they're winning. They're taking steps forward. He's top five rusher in the NFL, active right now with Derrick Henry out. I don't know why you'd want to change your offense, I guess. But those are the teams that are being talked about, and I thought potentially would be in a conversation. Well, and even with the Chiefs, like, they just got Josh Gordon. Like, what – if they bring Odell in, like, is he gonna? Does he think he, like, oh, okay, like I'm the missing piece. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the one that really makes this offense go. Like, 
it just it seems it really does like a lot of times all any, roads lead it really does seem like it makes the most sense for him to go to the Packers it really does like at any time there's like a big name you know like I mean I get excited and it's like oh shit the Packers need to go fucking get this guy but this is the first time like mm-hmm. in a while where it actually it's like this actually makes perfect sense like there's no reason he said he wants to go there if if money's not a part of it if he's already double dipping like Go get him. You know, it seems like it's a pretty simple thing. And if it doesn't work out, you're cool. The exactly. It's a year. Good. It's a, a rental for the rest of the year. And you're not changing the offense. No. The offense throws the ball. Right. So you're not. Cha- it's just another. Like, for instance, on Thursday against the Cardinals, when he was, we were hearing about wide receivers we had never heard before. Yeah. You can plug OBJ into one of those spots. It's like, okay, now you just have another person running a route that's already being run as opposed to an offense that is adding things to get to it. And, and that's my. I think differentiator between like potential New England or Baltimore or something like that and a Green Bay. It is it does not affect Green Bay if it does not work out. But if it works out, it helps out immensely as opposed to anywhere else that you potentially have to change or get a little bit off chemistry. And I know that he's like a, a stud and you know, like he wants to compete and everything, but do you think he really wants to go somewhere where he's gonna have the the pressure immediately of being like, Hey, you're the number one guy, you're gonna need to have ten catches and you know, a hundred yards this week and a touchdown to help us win like that. I, I don't know. I feel like it just, it makes the most sense for him to go to green Bay. Okay. And now we got a bunch of reports coming out about Odell Beckham jr. And how he feels. And I don't know how anybody can get it right. And if any of these people get it wrong, by the way, they need to stop misleading people. That's, That's right. right. It's bullshit. <laughs> Who are the Browns playing this weekend? Uh, they play the Patriots. Oh, okay. Revenge game. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> okay, so there to your point though. Mike Giordi. Okay. Mike Giordi. Hey. Mm-hmm. Mike Giordi. Good guy. Hey, good pies on out there. How's your family? Man? He's reporting that the belief is that the mutual respect between Belichick and OBJ places them in a position to be a real player in this. That is how the Patriots feel. Oh yeah. So somebody within the Patriots organization told Mike Giordi, you don't think OBJ respects Belichick and Giardi's like, you know what? That's right. That's right. I, yeah, are, yeah. You guys, are you guys good in point. on that? That's, That's a true. good point. But everything we just talked about, why would he? With every, unless it was a chance to go up there and play in the Patriot way and be a part of the legacy and the dynasty. And I understand there's mutual respect, but what about the respect between Odell Beckham Jr. and like Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. You don't think that there is a mutual respect between those two? Maybe there isn't. I, I might be wrong, but I would assume that's why Green Bay's even in the conversation. And then here's another report. From Mike Florio, there's a uh, pro football talk. There's a firm belief in some circles that OBJ will end up with the Saints, who tried to trade for him before the deadline. The question is whether he's comfortable with the quarterback situation and willing to take what the Saints can afford to pay. Yeah, okay, so, so not going to the Saints. So that, so <laughs> that would no be way. the only reasons. But Mike Florio, by the way, is plugged in. Yeah. Let's remember, yeah. he is plugged in. He does have information. Then Schultze, our guy Schultze, on, who Schultz. reported yesterday on, that Schultz. the Green Bay Packers are the number one destination for Odell Beckham Jr. He's saying that the Packers have officially submitted a minimum offer sheet to Odell Beckham Jr. per source. Now we wait to see if OBJ gets a better offer elsewhere. As I reported last night, his team had conversations with the Chiefs, Saints, and the Patriots as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Schultz is hearing from different people than maybe Florio's hearing from, but Mike Jordan already saying he's hearing from the Pats that are hearing one end of the story maybe so we got conflicting reports and that's why we're saying today OBJ watch day that's right yeah. OBJ watch day and I understand like the pressure of 
coming into New England and being the number one guy and oh, you know having ten guy. catches and stuff, but also the offense doesn't run through the pass game. It runs through the run game, which is why it kind of hurt. Like, I agree with Ty. He should go to Green Bay. He probably shouldn't go to New England. You also have the better chance probably at the Super Bowl this in, year. in Green Bay. Yeah, this year, but and it is a rental. Uh, but if everyone's offering him, like, is one million or the vet men going to make the difference? So one million and the vet men, I think, are nearly the same. Yeah. But since we're nine games into this thing, it'll have to be. Uh, and are they signing a deal for the rest of the year? These numbers we hear, is that a yearly term for the rest of the season or is that for the rest of the season term? I thought it was rest of the season because was it renegotiated that if he got claimed in waivers the last two years were void or was it either way the last two years of his contract get voided? Yeah, but I'm, whenever they announce these contracts, are they saying that's what they're paying him for the rest of the season? or that's what they're agreeing to for the full term and they're just paying him what is left of that, which is, what, nine weeks or something like that? Mm -hmm. I assume it's just the rest of the season, like especially in Green Bay. Is he going to sign a three-year deal in Green Bay when Devon No, no, I know that, but I'm saying, like, is it a million dollars for this entire – because the vet min is like $800,000 or something like For the nine games? Yeah, so the nine games would be like 500 and something on the 800 and whatever the vet min is. So whenever it's announcing a million dollars, is it just a million as the full season and then they're paying – the nine weeks nine left of it. Games, yeah, yeah, like that. That's what I'm wondering. What's being reported? Because one million dollars versus eight hundred and whatever the vet min is, not that big of a difference. But if it's one million dollars for the rest of the season, that's a two million dollar deal, actually. Right. Yeah. You know, as opposed to a one million dollar deal. But I think you can only agree to terms in yearly. Ah, ah. I don't know. Deshaun just got a million. I'm trying to look that at was his, the, up his contract. Yeah, but yeah. now is that for Deshaun? Is that for a million for the rest of the season, or is that? Yeah, I believe it was reported rest of the season he's getting a million. Yeah, so that is probably how the Odell Beckham Jr. deal is being created. Mm-hmm. It's wild. So the vet min is actually 500 and something because we're nine weeks into the 800 and whatever thousand yeah. dollar yeah. fully yearly vet min. Yeah, what they say the Packers offered him like 545,000, I think, was the actual. So there's the rest of the vet min. Yeah. So he doesn't care about money then, right? Can't. That's what they're thinking. That's what the Packers are thinking. Yeah, right. He's getting four, what, four, two, five. two, five from the Browns. So. But he was supposed to get eight. Mm-hmm. So then is that a conversation for him? He's already had that big contract. Yeah. And he's out of Cleveland. And he's right. out of Cleveland. He's making all that money off the field. And Aaron Rodgers might be his quarterback. And that probably sets him up for another contract somewhere. Bingo. If he, like the Will Fuller conversation a couple years, maybe last yeah. year or mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. He was going into his last year contract. And, uh, the Packers allegedly didn't want to trade for him because they didn't want to deal with the long-term contract as opposed to just a year-long rental or whatever. But then it came out maybe from his team or somebody said that, no, like, imagine what he's actually going to do for his next contract if he gets a chance to play with Aaron Rodgers for the rest in that offense for the rest of the season. It'll probably up his price going forward. So overall, if you zoom out from a high level, this actually is a business decision to potentially go there, and the quarterback should be the only determining factor. Yeah. Right, because if he, I mean, if he really, you know, like if he ends up going to the, the Saints or even the Patriots, and not that Max bad, but he could do everything he's asked to do and, and be yep. great and just statistically stink for the rest of the year. Like, is that really what he wants to do going back into potential free agency? He wants to win a Super Bowl too, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And maybe, maybe so he's it, going to Green Bay. It makes, sense because it makes a lot of sense. Green Bay, it's Devontae and then no disrespect to the rest of the guys. There's a lot of it. And then 
the skill level that they have right now. Chiefs, like they said, I mean, we're being honest. We're being hey, fucking honest. Hey, uh, listen, is this an honest show or no? Are we stern? I, it, are we stern but fair? Devontae's unbelievable at football. You, right. we, we're comparing everybody to Devontae. Correct. Yes. And then, but with the Chiefs, it is Tyreek and it's Kelsey and, and they have weapons. Like, put that timeline back up. It just fits up. best in Green Bay, it feels like. It does. It feels like it's perfect. Can you put that timeline back up? When was the last time, like, he was, you know? And this is what every, all his detractors are saying. What I think, yeah, he hasn't had a 100-yard game in like two years now or something. Yeah, all his detractors are saying, well, yeah, you're, you all are talking about an Odell Beckham Jr. that is no longer a thing. Like, that is not what Odell Beckham Jr. is. But every time I watch Odell train, every video I see of him catching balls, it looks like the exact same guy. Why hasn't it happened on the field? And I think that is what a lot of people are still willing to risk and be like, if we can find just a little bit more juice in that bottle that is OBJ, if we can take advantage of all those situations that OBS pointed out, mm. if we can get OBJ hot in here and bought in, you know, what type of electrifying plays can he make for us, knowing that he's probably not going to be able to play for the entire season because he is a Ferrari, a Lambo, and every once in a while you can't drive those things if there's potholes or any weather out. So you know that you're probably not going to get him for every single play for the rest of the season all the way through. But if he can help you get over and get through a couple games where maybe somebody else is down, he becomes the guy, or somebody misses because of COVID, which could potentially happen. It's always nice to have a plethora of weapons. You just got to hope that Odell Beckham Jr., who assumes, we assume that he is still good, yeah, could yeah, be that. Definitely. Well, and it's it's kind of like Von Miller, right? I mean, you don't need him to go out there and be unbelievable every week, but he's a guy who could have a, a strip sack, you know, in the NFC Championship game. And it's Everybody like, okay, no shit, right? Like, yeah. and Odell, Sammy I, Watkins did it. Yeah, I think Odell is the same kind of guy. He might not go out there and and be unbelievable every week, but like, I could see him having a hundred yards and a touchdown in a playoff game for the Packers. Antonio Brown touchdown in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Sammy Watkins came through for yep. Kansas City after getting run out of town in a couple in places. Buffalo. Yep. You're right. Those high-profile guys are high-profile guys for a reason because their talent has led to a conversation. They said, hey, these guys are guys. You just got to find the situation to bring the spark back into them. Yeah. And hopefully, if he goes somewhere, he will be able to find that. Yeah. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so... Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging it, banging it, banging it. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. <laughs> Bingo. Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. 
That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to getramen.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Ladies and gentlemen, head coach Chuck Pagata. Yeah! yeah Chuck, shout out to the Wyoming Cowboys out there. What's up, guys? Hey, year 2021, okay? If you had to guess, when did year zero happen? Was that 2021 years ago, or do you think a much different time? I don't know. Just listening in, seems like you guys got it figured out. So. <laughs> Uh, we don't have anything figured out. That's why I'm we. A, I'm the last guy you want to ask about that. Yeah, and I assume you probably could add to the conversation. Should ask Aaron about it. Well, People we will be really happy about that. We will. We will. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, we'll have to get right back into our breadbasket. There, the uh, drama around what's happening in Aaron Rodgers' life is a wild thing to be a part of. But I'm happy to be past that now on this beautiful Coaches Up Chuck Wednesday. Chuck, we look forward to this every single day. You crush it for yeah! us. Let's get into it. Uh, it's OBJ watch today. Okay, we have no idea where he's going to end up at. We have no clue how much money he's going to get paid. There are some places that he's allegedly honing in on, depending upon who the inside sources are, depending upon who knows what. Allegedly, it's going to be Chiefs, Packers, Pats, and Saints, because that's where he's from. A couple quick questions about the Odell Beckham Jr. situation. Why does it appear as if the Browns are better without him on the field in your eyes? And then also, where do you think is his best fit? And when do you see this thing ending? Yeah, um, I think when you just look at, you know, that whole situation there and leading up to, you know, them waving him and, and releasing him, I think it's just a, a perfect example of addition by subtraction. You know, they tried really, really hard to get, you know, uh, Mayfield and OBJ, get the relationship, get them on the same page. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, when you have that dynamic big, huge personality uh, in the locker room um, on your football team. Um, you can do overdue uh, a certain amount of things, just trying to uh, appease him, make him happy, get him the football. Um, you know, I don't think he's probably a bad teammate, uh, anything like that. I think it just it just didn't work out, you know, and they seem to be uh, a much better football team. Um, you know, when he's not on the field, evident of, of obviously last week going down and and beating the Bengals like they did, oh, yeah. um, the they just couldn't get that thing. They just couldn't get that that thing figured out. And, um, you know, I don't think this all falls on on OBJ. Um, I don't think it all falls on the quarterback. I don't think it all falls on Stefanski, the play caller, because you know, and, and where he lands, Pat and, and guys. Um, you know, some teams just got to figure out. You know, is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, with this guy, and, and how much uh, does he have left in the tank? Is he not the same guy coming off the injury? Um, is this going to be all about, you know, OBJ? You know, how many targets? How many touches? Uh, what's going to make him happy? Uh, do you want to bring uh, the possibility of, uh, you know, this distraction, so-called whatever, into your, uh, into your locker room, into your building, especially because he wants to go to winning teams, so. You know, he cleared, you know, cleared waivers and all that, and, and, and rightfully so. So he could, obviously, if there are three or four or five suitors out there for him, 
Um, he can pick the best destination for him and his camp. Um, you know, but uh, to me, it would be, you know, I, th- I think OBJ, you know, if he wants to continue to play after uh, the last half of the season and play into his early 30s, whatever that is, he's going to have to go prove uh, to somebody that um, he can be humble. He can be a team player. He can be a guy that'll uh, go out and, and uh, do whatever he has to do to help the team win, period. And, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be uh, hesitant to do this. Um, it's going to take a strong locker room. I know the decisions that we made, uh, Pat, and your tenure there with me, um, you know, we always looked at, okay, what's best for the team? What gives us best chance to win? And then when you bring on these big personalities, these dynamic uh, personalities like OBJ, he's a heck of a talent. We all know that. Do you have a strong enough locker room, you know, to, uh, to deal with and, and handle this? And, and do you bring them in like New England? you got a rookie quarterback, but you got Belichick. you got the whole Patriots way. It's do your job. If he walks in there, it's going to be, hey, this is the parameters before you ever sign. This is what we're going to ask you to do. It says on the door, their culture is simple. Do your job, you know, and Josh McDaniels, he's got to have trust in Josh and, and those guys to be able to get him the football. Um, you know, they were an outside receiver team. You know, when Randy went there, Bill Belichick has a history of bringing guys in like this that were kicked to the curb, so to speak, and had big personnel, Corey Dillon, Randy Moss, I mean, you can go on and on and on, and he brings them in, and he gets what he can get out of them, and then either stays on for a little bit or he moves on from that guy. But the Saints seem like an an obvious destination, Uh, not because, you know, the quarterback situation for him is going to matter, but, you know, he can go sit down, and and it is going home. Sean Payton, um, obviously one of the best offensive minds in the game. He's got to be able to trust Sean, be able to sit down and say, hey, look, this is how we're going to use you. This is how we're going to get you the ball. Is that why it's um, taken so blah, long, blah, blah, you think? Blah. Is that why it's taken so long for all this decision to be made? We assume that a decision would already be made and it would happen. Do you think it's because of all the expectations that would have to be laid out? Sorry, but I know AJ's going too. No, I, I, absolutely, because you guys have referenced the money. The money's the money. He's already got his money. You know, So whoever's bringing him in, he's gonna, they're going to pay him a, a vet minimum. That's all they, they have to give him. You know, now it's it's okay. Uh, Thirty thousand foot view, big picture for him and his camp and his family. And uh, you know, it's it's the next year, the next year, next what, what that what's after this this season. He's going to have to go somewhere on a prove it deal, and, and show that he can be the things that we just talked about. So um, it, it can't be the money. It's just got to be okay. Selfishly, you know, what's the best fit for for OBJ and my future? Feels like Green Bay. It could be a, a real winner for for OBJ. I have no idea if that's going to happen. It'd be cool to see. But if a team is looking at him to to bring this guy in in the middle of the season, how much homework can teams do in this short amount of time to see like, hey, will this guy fit in our locker room? Will he be an issue? Like, what could they do when they only have a couple of days? You just call a couple of people you trust that may have been on the staff with him before. Yeah, they've um, they've already done that. They've they've you know they watch these they watch these uh, you know players. You know, year in and year out, so they know uh, everything about OBJ. They know about his personality. They know about his history. Everybody knows, Christ's sake, about you know his history and where he's been and and uh, what's transpired on him getting to teams, getting off of teams, etc. Um, but 
they can look at the tape, AJ. They can look at the targets. They can watch his, his route running ability, the hands. They can, they can actually go in and sit down and watch all that stuff, you know, uh, from a personnel standpoint and all those kind of things and evaluate, okay, does he still have, you know, uh, is he still the same guy? That he was, you know, a year ago before the before the injury, and then again it goes back to, you know, is the juice, you know, worth the squeeze? Do we want to take a shot on this guy? And again, like Green Bay, you can go to Aaron and just say, hey, you know, what do you think? Aaron loves his team, and he loves his, you know, his player. He loves Devonte. He loves that wide receiver room. You know, they're always looking to get better, and he'd love to add another talent, but uh, at what cost? You know, do you do that? So it's an interesting situation because it's a big name. It's going to be a big signing. And I just, as you were talking there, I thought to myself about the film and figuring out we made a massive trade for Trent Richardson out of Cleveland to Indianapolis in the middle of the season. How much of a heads up are like the coaches given? Like, is Matt LaFleur in this conversation, you think, with Gunther Kunsen? Now, we don't know how Green Bay operates, but how much are the coaches told or influenced and how much are they asked about the player that's potentially being added to the roster? Yeah, they're going to ask, you know, Matt, what, what he thinks and what his evaluation is on the guy. And uh, the offensive, you know, uh, receive, the receiver coach is going to ask to do a write-up on him. But ultimately, you know, the personnel guys, they let the coaches coach during the season, obviously, and don't ask them to do too much of this. But uh, in, this, in this scenario, um, they've had time, hey, drop this, you know, put the film on. We've made a cut-up. Evaluate this. Give us your, your take on forget the, the – the person forget the personality forget nameless you know, faceless dad, forget yeah just forget all that stuff and just look at this guy you know and tell us you know how he fits how you would use him is he a fit or is he is he just you know we're, we're good and we can stand pat with what we have does he help us does he make us better does he get us over the nfc championship game and into the super bowl yeah, that'll be a fascinating decision. Matt LaFleur smiled, so I guess he's probably been asked about it, but it, I don't think the coaches say is necessarily end-all, be-all in these types of decisions. Speaking of owners maybe making decisions, that's not the case in Green Bay. Jerry Jones said on a radio show, he said, me and Mike had a great fucking strategy. You know what I mean? We, <laughs> listen, we anticipated it. I went over it carefully with Mike McCarthy. Uh, Jerry Jones says, with Mike McCarthy before the game. What they came out doing, we anticipated completely. We just didn't anticipate them having that kind of success. <laughs> and they stayed in it, didn't they? Did this ever happen? Did you have to sit down with Jim Ursay and say, all right, Jim, here's the keys to victory. This is what we're doing on the offense. Do you have to have a full team meeting with the owner? I actually kind of enjoy that happening, that literally Mike McCarthy has to coach the team, has to handle the day-to-day -day and the schedule, and then at some point during the week, he's got to go into that office we've seen on Hard Knocks, get the old deck out, and he's going to have to explain to Jerry why and how they're thinking what they're doing. And Jerry's potentially going, I don't like that shit. <laughs> we need to change that a little bit. That is awesome to hear that an owner is that invested, but it's also hysterical to think Jerry's saying, uh, I went over it very carefully, as if he is guiding the team as well on the day-to-day, -day, especially on game days. That's a hilarious thing. Does that happen everywhere? And is that something very new that you have heard, or is that just known down in Dallas that that's how it goes? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it happens everywhere. Like you said, I think there's some owners like Jerry that are uh, invested uh, much more than, than other owners. Um, you know, they're there on a day-to-day -day basis. They want to know, uh, you know, Christ, he's the – He's the owner. He's the uh, GM. He's, you know, whatever he wants to be. 
And uh, so, yeah, you got to be be, uh, be prepared. Jim was uh, was very involved. Jim knows football. Um, he knows X's and O's. He knows players. He knows teams. He knows schemes. You know, we would get together, uh, you know, on a regular basis, you know, and talk about uh, the week. It wasn't during the week. We'd talk about things at the end of the week on a Friday, say, and it uh, wasn't every Friday, but, hey, how, how we look and how we feel, how's this guy, if somebody was injured, you know, is it, we anticipate this guy playing, and what, what's your thoughts on, on, on playing, you know, New England and, and you know, Jesus Christ, coach, how, how are we going to, how are we going to, you know, confuse Brady, or can he be confused, you know? So we'd have, we'd have great conversations, but, but Jim's, Jim's a smart football man, and, and he wanted to talk, and, and um, he gave me such great insight and great perspective, you know, because he looked through a totally different lens, you know, than, than we looked through, uh, you know, on a, on a day-to-day, week-to-week, uh, you know, process. You know, it was cool and give you just different ways of, uh, you know, how he saw things. And, and you walked out of there going, damn, I, I didn't think of it that way. And, and that makes a lot of sense. So those conversations are real. Uh, I don't know if they happen. I've heard it. I've heard of places where, you know, every Monday morning, you go sit down with the owner, and it's the whole the whole staff, the head coach, uh, every offensive, defensive coach, special team coach, and they watch every snap of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. And a guy's got to go up there, and he's got to give the whys, the what's and the whys, to what the fuck just happened. Good. Excuse my language. No, you yeah, you're terrible language. I mean, fucking uh, disgusting. But that is hilarious to think. And then, because. I mean, at the end of the day, you would hope that your owner would care because it's obviously he's invested then, or she's invested, and that is how you would want your owner to be. But then I assume some people from the outside looking in going, well, are you watching you know, 70 hours of film a week, Mr. or Mrs. owner of the football team? Does your opinion really matter? I think it's so torn depending upon success levels. But I wonder if Jerry did ask at the end of McCarthy after he went through and he said, are the Denver Broncos a team we smash watermelons for or not? <laughs> and Mike McCarthy goes, I, I don't think so, coach. And I wonder if this coming up, upcoming week, when that question gets asked, Mike McCarthy's like, every week we're fucking smashing. Yeah. Just what a, that, that whole thought of Mike McCarthy being super yinzer, right? Yeah. Talking to Jerry Jones, not only about the, the week-to-week strategery, but just life in general, I think would be incredible. Go ahead, AJ. Chuck, when you mentioned that that full staff meeting with the the owners and everyone in there, it, it reminded me of players after a loss. A lot of times, you come in Monday morning, everyone's kind of like, kind of quiet, not sure how you're supposed to be, nervous to see the coaches, trying to duck your coaches, not sure how the head coach is going to handle the team meeting. Do coaches feel that way coming in after a loss, dealing with their owner? Are you trying to duck and be like, oh, all right, I don't know how this is going to go? Is he pissed? Is there hope? No, no. I mean. Yeah, you're probably a little bit nervous, depending on how that that game went. I'm sure you know, based on the Dallas Denver game. Um, yeah, there was some stuff that you know, whatever. But um, you know, we used to call it Pete Carroll up in Seattle called it "Tell the Truth Monday." You know, so you know they get in there and win or lose. You know, you you watch the film, you pull a certain amount of clips, and you just kind of tell it, you know, like it was. And it wasn't degrading, uh, wasn't demeaning, it wasn't f bombs being thrown. It's just like, hey. You know, these are the things that help you win games, and these are the things uh, that we can't do, um, you know, uh, to penalize ourselves, uh, to give ourselves uh, absolutely no shot, 
uh, to win this football game. So, yeah, you know, you always get a little bit nervous, um, you know, but uh, again, if, if, you, if you have the answers, you know, to the test, you know, before the test, before the questions are there and you know uh, the whys and what you're doing and why you're doing things and you can explain it and it makes sense and then you should be okay. But, but every now and then you probably walk into, uh, you know, a little bit of a firestorm, uh, a buzzsaw. you know, if you will, and, and you know, a buzzsaw, whatever you want to call it, Pat. And, uh, you know, you're going to get, you're going to be, look, they're paying these guys a hell of a lot of money, right? And it's huge business. And the bottom line is, is winning like we always talk about. So um, that's, that's the only prerogative. He can do whatever he wants to do. Uh, I'm just, in my head, I was thinking of Tom McMahon walking into those Monday meetings the year me and Vinny went to the Pro Bowl together. He probably had just be walking in there. Yeah, we did everything good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> did everything good. I'm going to sit back down, have a good day. I, I can't wait to hear what happened on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> what, a, what a just uh, that whole thought of you guys having to rally your emotions before presenting to us because we follow the reactions and the emotions of the coaches and you, the head coach, more specifically. After a bad game, it's like AJ said, you're kind of scared to make contact with any coaches because you don't know what the message is going to be. You haven't maybe seen the film yet either. So you, you, you saw it on your iPad, but you don't know necessarily what the coach saw and what you potentially did. And there's just always that incredible awkwardness i couldn't imagine for you guys if an owner was like yeah every monday we're gonna go through this shit by the way we are and i'd like to hear why well, i assume down in carolina that's happening oh yeah. oh yeah i assume down in carolina that not that that would be abnormal or whatever but that or mr tepper yeah mm -hmm. he has made it very clear hey we're gonna win and if we're not gonna win we're gonna move on that is that is exactly what we're gonna do and i guess i respect it if i owned the team i would do the same damn thing let's talk about and i guess this kind of talks about the cowboys a little bit uh, but the Cowboys get their fucking doors blown off by the Denver Broncos and Dak coming back in Jerry World. Then the Buffalo Bills go down to Duval, and somehow Urban Meyer gets his first NFL head coaching win in America against one of the hottest teams, the Buffalo Bills. How does that happen? What are your thoughts on it? Because I, I still can't figure it out as a fan, lifelong fan, and as a person that got a front row seat into watching NFL teams perform at a very high level and sometimes at a very low level. Why do you think some games, because I don't think guys are watching less film or trying less hard in practice, how come some games teams just lay eggs, you think? Like, why does that happen if you had to take your 30 years of coaching experience being in there? Why does that happen, you think? It's a National Football League. And regardless of the record, or you're at home, you're on the road, um, on any given Sunday to be, you know, cliche is there, um, you, gotta, you can't just roll the ball out. Dallas just thought, hey, Denver's going to come in here. They stink. They've listened to all the media. They listen to the, all the media, tell them, you know, that they're going to the Super Bowl, and they think they can just show up, roll the ball out, and they're going to win a football game. Well, that doesn't happen in the National Football League. You know, the Bills, I find it really hard. You know, I found that one harder because you kind of expect – you know, some teams to do this and other teams not to do this. But you got to show up and you got to play and you got to compete because I think we're all sitting there watching Denver and Dallas say, okay, this will be the drive. This will be the series where they get it going, they get the momentum turned, and it never freaking happened. They couldn't do anything. There was just, there was no life, there was no juice, there was no energy. And then you got to give Denver credit because they, they listen to all that stuff about how great this team was, this, that, and the other. So they go in with this huge chip on their shoulder, and you're going to get their absolute best effort, you know, especially on the – I remember when we were at Baltimore, 
and we were going to play the Dallas Cowboys. And it was the last game uh, at, what was it, the old AT&T Stadium? Yeah. Before they were moving into the, the new one or whatever that was. Yeah. They were, so they had the confetti up. They had the balloons. They had the chicks. They had the pull down. They had everything ready, this huge party, this huge, huge gala. There was going to be, you know, a parade. You know, after the big win over the Ravens, and we went in there and beat the brakes off of that football team. You know, because our guys, Ray Lewis, said, a "Parade on my watch? It ain't no friggin' way." And and he when he told that team in that locker room and Harbs, and we went in there and kicked the dog crap out of those guys. So you got to be ready to go, and it doesn't matter. Throw out all the records every Sunday. I mean, I mean, you just look at the AFC right now. I mean, there's one team, the Tennessee Titans, and who knows what the hell they've shown some consistency out of every one of those teams in the AFC right now. Uh, the four weeks, uh, you know, winning streak they're on, and the teams that they beat. Um, but everybody else, I mean, it's you got to you got to prepare. Um, they're all watching the same amount of film, but you know as well as I know, uh, AJ and Pat, that if if you ain't emotionally uh, ready to go, and 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 you don't you just think hey we're going to show up to this deal and and you got your fingers crossed and you hope things work out like i walked into a lot of tests in college you know <laughs> unprepared and that's a bad feeling you know i spent a lot of time you know looking for the best seat you know on test day you know when i wasn't prepared you know but you know you know when you're prepared and you know your assignments and you know what your job is, and you know that team cold, you can't wait to go play. But if you're not prepared, that's the worst feeling in the world. I was trying to uh, help CFO Phil's daughter cheat, you know, in the modern era because <laughs> mm. they they monitor everything. The classic, and, and I didn't do this, obviously, because I was good at cramming doing that whole thing. But if there was a formula that you needed to remember or something quickly yep. mm -hmm. to get in there, you put that on the water bottle, on the wrapper, that is oh, on yeah. your desk right uh -huh. in front of you. I tried to tell uh, CFO Phil's daughter that she had a capital state capitals thing. I'm like, just put it on the bottle. They won't ever Smart. check that. It is that is such an old school trick. And then obviously, I assume CFO Phil and his wife Kate were not exactly thrilled with that. <laughs> but hey, you got to do what you got to do to get through pointless shit, Bella. You can Google all these answers later. Don't even need to worry it. But I appreciate the fact that. You said it's preparation and everything like that. Can you get a feel for that, you think? Like, do you think Mike McCarthy knew on Sunday morning and warm-ups or maybe it wasn't the watermelon spread? Like, can you feel that your team's potentially going to go out there and shit the bed? Uh, you know, I've gone out uh, during pregame warm-up, and we overthink that shit. All, you know, it's, it's that weekly preparation, how you practice, is your team healthy, all that stuff. And we've gone through pregame warm-ups, walked in the locker room, said, we're going to get the shit beat out of us today, man. God, that was awful. Blah, blah, blah. We couldn't catch a ball in, on air. I mean, all this stuff. And then go out and just stomp a team. And then I've gone out and, and, and been like, man, we're in great shape, right? You know, talking to the coaches as we come in after warm-ups and think we're going to play great. And, and we lay an A. Um, yeah, that, I think the biggest thing is, is making adjustments. And, and when you see that stuff happening and it starts to slide, you know, somebody's got to step up and make a play, offense, defense, special teams, and you got to try to turn the momentum and, and turn the tides. And, and uh, you know, those, those games where it just never, never happens and you just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, but I, I thought, you know, many times I've, I've been really, really wrong on, on that, trying to judge that thing. You just got to you gotta go and you got to execute and you got to play well for 60 minutes. Hey, the play don't care who make it. Go ahead, AJ. Chuck, what separates great coaches, you think? And I'm talking play callers. Like, 
defensive, offensive play callers are the ones that aren't like aren't elite. Are they just guessing? Are they just looking at their cards? And, okay, here's the down distance. This is what I should do compared to other ones that are are really like setting things up for later in the game. Yeah, great question. I I think you know I look at you know the play callers that I that I went against uh, offensive play callers and um, offensive coordinators and things like that. And it's the guys that you know that first fifteen. You know, we all see the first 15 and, and teams come out and they just march right down the field, uh, put seven points on the board, and then you don't see anything else for the rest of the game. They've, it's the guys that, you know, build that first 15, and then they get a feel for how the defense is going to adjust after that first 15, and then they can adjust and anticipate, hey, what fronts, what coverage do we anticipate uh, them seeing uh, before it ever happens? Are they going to take away T.Y.? Are they going to load the coverage? Are they going to lean over here? And they already have a plan, you know, and then the great ones always save something. You know, you're going to see something new. You know, Belichick, um, you know, we talk about all the time. He, he's game plan specific, you know, week in and week out. There's no telling. Nobody can sit there and watch the tape and say, okay, look, this guy's a 3-4, first and second and run situations. This is the front and coverages you're going to get, and you can count on these. Third and two to six, you're going to see this. Third and seven, this is when they, they like to, you know, drop eight, uh, rush three a little bit, play more zone, whatever. You just don't you don't see that. So the guys that, that can anticipate uh, A.J., they're always once like McVay. When I watch McVay, he's, he calls first down, and those great – he's already looking at his sheet. So when second down happens, you know – the play is he's got his card up and he's talking on the, uh, you know, coach to quarterback, Mike, he's given the play already yeah. and they're on you. They're on you. They're on you, you know, and third down comes up um, and they don't give you, they don't give you a whole lot of time. So, you know, conversely as a, as a, as a defensive play caller, you've got to anticipate that and you've got to know. And um, yeah, there's sometimes the guys go out and, you know, they're just throwing darts at, at the board and hoping, you know, you hit a balloon every now and then. <laughs> is there, hey, do you guys know then, who? Do you guys know who is the idiot? Like when you're going against somebody who's a bad coordinator, coaches have to know. Is there like a man? Did you see what this idiot just like? Is there <laughs> is there any of that going on, or do you just kind of have to keep playing the game? Like, is there any in your experience good read of oh this guy's a doofus? Like whenever you wait till you see what this idiot does. Like, is there any of that, or do you just have to respect everybody and act like everybody's good? I don't think it's so much uh, that, Pat. I just, I just think that there's some guys that, you know, they are what they are. And we used to say they read like an open book. So as soon as they'll come out and they got all the motions and shifts and window dressing to try to hide stuff, but at the end of the day, it's always, you know, down in distance, the personnel group and the final formation is going to tell you the tale of the tape. So we try to break things down and say, okay, they end up, in a three by one, regardless what happens before the snap and, and two and three are this close, you can anticipate this route. And those guys, you know, um, they're going to go to those plays in the most critical moments. Cause that's what they know. That's what their players know. And that's what they've had success with. So there's, there's guys that, that, that read like an open book. And then there's guys that uh, are so unpredictable. They do a great job of self scouting. So when you go and you're trying to find a nugget here or there and you're trying to tell your, 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 your defensive players, hey, look, uh, on, on this down and distance, you know, it's, it's 95% uh, pass. You know, 
And the gray ones are like you go through and look at all the statistics other than, say, third and third and four, third and five plus, um, you know, they're balanced. They're six. They're 60, 40, 55, 45. You know, so you really don't. That's when you really have to be on your P's and Q's is when you, you don't have a bunch of tills by formation or down a distance. And that's where it may, that's where it gets really difficult. And even now, I will say this. Uh, with everybody, with the advent of analytics and where we are today in analytics and all these fourth down go for it's now, it's even harder to predict because years ago it was like third and two plus in the National Football League. It was pass. AJ will tell you that. It was pass. And every now and then somebody might pop a run on you, but it was pass. And now third and two, third and three, third and four, third and five, because the head coach has already gotten the offensive coordinator's head and said, hey, this is four downs territory right here. So now the offensive coordinator is saying, shoot, they're thinking pass here. I can probably pop a, pop a run here, a draw, a trap, some quick hitter, you know, up the, up the middle, a speed sweep, jet sweep, whatever, because they know that they're going for it on fourth down. Now that makes, as a defensive play caller, um, you know, that makes things even more more difficult now. Okay, let's transition away. That's a great breakdown, by the way. That was incredible. I feel like I just learned so much. This is good football. Hey, it's good, oh, yeah. good football talk. Hey, it's good football talk. Coach, what's up? Chuck Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. Chuck Pagano, notorious head coach, just saying, uh, know what you're going to do. Know what you're going to do. So if, uh, or have a plan, I believe is how you describe it. Have a plan. Have a plan. So if somebody was to get a pick six out of nowhere and they were going to end up in the end zone, have a plan. Can't have you looking like an idiot out there. Don't let the moment catch you by surprise. Have a plan for whenever something great happens so you can really take advantage of it. Chuck Pagano used to coach at the U. Love swag. Promotes it, enjoys it, thinks it makes the team better. Am I speaking out of line on any of those things? Not at all. Okay, so now with the taunting penalty, the way it's going, and everything that's happening with that Cassius Mars situation after the incredible spinning kick. I mean, oh, he, had, he has a spinning kick celebration. It's fucking awesome. And he dresses cool and he sells Dragon Ball Z cards. Yep. And he's uh, all these things. Gets a sack fourth quarter, third down. Does the spin kick. Then he remembers, oh, this team cut me not too long ago. Left me out to die and to sell Dragon Ball Z cards and nothing else. So he goes over and he postures in a fashion that Carenti thought was the definition of taunting. Then when he turns around to jog off the field, Carenti butts his ass into him, throws a call and says, not on my field, you can't do that. Your thoughts on the NFL coming out after that and saying basically that is the definition of taunting with what he did. It was called accurately. They did not address the hip check from Carenti to Cassius Marsh. I think that would potentially be taunting on Cassius Marsh for calling the taunting call. So maybe those should have offset between the ref and Cassius. Whatever the case, your thoughts on the taunting call, how it's going, and how people like myself think like, why are we trying to cage emotions at all in this sport? We should be promoting it. Yeah, I think the uh, the league and the officials have been uh, very, very clear uh, on this. This is something that uh, when you look, talk to Tomlin and the rest of the guys, McKay, the guys on the competition committee, this is what, you know, the league wanted. This is what the players wanted. This is what everybody wanted. They wanted, you know, that part of it, you know, out of the game, you know, and they, they wanted celebration. You know, they took the celebrations out years ago, right? Yeah. And, and then that backfired, so they – you know, went back to the drawing board, said, okay, we can celebrate again. We can do this. We can do that. You know, like we used to say, have, have a damn plan. So when you get in there, you don't look like a, a, an idiot and, and you got something rehearsed and you can, you can have some fun with it. But I think they've been, 
Uh, I think they've been, you know, upfront and, and forthright about what they don't want in the game. And, and, and Christ, you know, he got the sack. They get off the field. They're going to go win this football game. The spinning, the spinning high kick, I don't know, that's from US, UFC, martial art, whatever it was, right? Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet as hell. Did you see Big Blackson, Big 90 try it? No. You know, his that's foot the best got part, like, yes. Like, yeah. yeah, he got like two feet off the, two feet <laughs> off the ground. He, he tried to get it. I would have thrown out, you know, my yeah. sciatic, ripped a hamstring, all that stuff. But you know what? Just Me go too. to your own sideline. You can go, you know, uh, what's his name? Was it Hayward? It got Cam. the interception. Yeah. Cam, he goes the end zone with the whole defense, the whole team. Everybody's in the end zone celebrating, right? Just, I know they cut you. I know that you ain't the first guy that's been put on the damn street. He didn't mean anything by it. You know what I mean? He's just, he, he didn't mean anything by it, but, and they know, Tomlin knows we cut you, and he knows exactly why we cut you, you know? So you've got a new life. Don't screw that one up. Just go celebrate, you know, uh, you know, with your teammates and enjoy the moment uh, that way. And I know these head coaches have shown clip after clip after clip after clip in those team meetings, just like we used to, Pat, when we covered penalties and, and the do's and don'ts and what can uh, what can hurt you, the sins, the self-inflicted negatives, you know, lining up offsides. How do you line up offsides, you know? And then the very next play, line up offsides again. Again? Yeah. Again. Yeah. You know, did you see Coach Nagy? Oh, I yeah. mean, he's going freaking crazy. Are you freaking kidding me? Guys lose their jobs over shit like that. <laughs> but, but, you know, you know, there's been a lot of uh, conjecture and a lot of talk about the taunting stuff. And, and I love players to celebrate, and I want them to enjoy the moment. And that's really, really hard in those moments to control your emotions, especially – for that young man, because most everybody didn't know his circumstances until you just explained it or somebody else explained it before, you know, today's show about, hey, they cut him, they put him on the street, they disrespected him, they disrespected his family, they took food off the table, these mofos, I'm going to show them, uh, boom, boom, and he's up there chopping boom. and staring them down, and who knows what he said, right? You can't you can't do it, you know, so uh, he'll, he'll, he'll learn a hard lesson from this. And uh, they you know, lost? the rest of the league, the yeah. coaches, the coaches, the coaches will. Yeah, no, I mean, game's over. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, go it's, it's going to be over. So. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Coach, with uh, Aaron Rodgers out of the building the entire week and him coming back on Saturday, how much does that affect the game plan and, like, the team by him not being in there while preparing for Seattle on Sunday? Yeah, uh, really good question. Austin Connor. Um, oh, thanks. I think Full name. with with uh, with um, it was Boston, right? Yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves Boston. Yeah. God, yeah. I don't want to screw that up. Yeah, no, I'm getting Boston. all my names. Okay, I'm worry. getting all my names down. I got Ty. I got Diggs. I got Gump. Evan. Bye. You know, AJ. Bye. Not Bye. hard. To, yeah, I love AJ. He's a client. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so, so the question is the question about Aaron. <laughs> the question, you know. Anybody else should be worried about. Yeah. But I don't know that Aaron. I don't know that Aaron ever asked to practice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. to be honest with you, you know, because he'll get in there. He's going to miss probably. There's probably forty, maybe forty-two reps that he would get today as the first team quarterback through a Wednesday practice. Another maybe fifty, fifty-five on on third down and two-minute Thursdays. Uh, Friday is red zone, short yards, goal line, shorter practice, as you guys both know. Um, so he he's going to miss, 
you know, some, some reps there, 30, 40 snaps there maybe. Uh, then he'll get in the building. If everything uh, clears, he'll get in the building Saturday, be able to go through everything on a walkthrough. I'm sure he's Zooming from home, all the meetings, and going through all that stuff and talking to the, uh, the coaches and the players about, you know, routes. And he's got his input like he always has about, you know, how they want to attack, you know, Seattle and, and, and cover three defense and the, the, where the holes are and what he sees and stuff like that. So I think a veteran guy like, like Aaron – not being there you'd love to have your guys but we've gone with guys you know standing in the back you know not been able to practice you know all week long and, and come in and just play play lights out so i fully expect based on everything that's transpired um covid no covid you know the other thing would be how you know health wise he sounds like he's doing okay but you know pat you had it i had it that thing kicked the crap out of me for 17 long days. I mean, so there's some side effects, maybe, maybe not from the, from the COVID stuff that, that would, uh, you know, maybe fatigue and, you know, whatever. But from a football standpoint, I think he'll go out there and it's just, you know, like riding a bike for him. Hey, happy to hear you. Uh, I didn't know that because you got to be immunocompromised, right, with your leukemia uh, battle that you had or no? Yeah, no, I'm I'm okay that way. You know, been in remission for for a long time, so I do a lot of the same stuff that was talked about. My family does a lot of the same stuff. You know, my middle daughter's a naturopath uh, doctor and all those kind of things. So we've been, you know, we take a lot of uh, things prophylactically to to you know, you know, hopefully keep that COVID at bay and because <laughs> it was it was a mofo. Yeah, it was. I was, it, it I was, was in Vegas. I was in Vegas. Oh no! Oh, you had to get so laid up in the penthouse up there, or some uh, casino. It wasn't the penthouse. I couldn't even talk my wife into going home. You know, no, you're going to be fine. Just stay up in the room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tina had to hit the tables. I understand it. I can't thank you enough for joining us, Chuck. You're the absolute best every single Wednesday. Appreciate you guys. I love you, man. Hey, thank you. you too, ladies and gentlemen. Coach us up, Chuck. Segment host, Coach Chuck Pagano. <laughs> Joining us now is a man that I cannot wait to chitter-chatter with about all things happening in the sport of American football in the league of the National Football League. Oh, yeah. Host of the Petros and Money Show on AM 570 LA Sports 3 to 7 Pacific. Boom. He's a host on NFL Network, play-by-play guy for the Chargers, and also one half of the greatest power rankings put on earth, the Dan Zeus power rankings. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Money Smith. Yeah! Oh, brother! Yeah! 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 Yeah, let's go. Yeah! Yeah, Money, how you feeling, huh? I'm feeling pretty good, Pat. Yeah. I gotta tell you, I just finished with the shake weight, so I uh, got a little peaks <laughs> yeah. on my feet. So yeah. Good. Did you lock yeah. those out, brother? Yeah. <laughs> Did it hear? Did it hear? Yeah. Did it hear? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You got the biceratops out there. Yeah. Right here. Yeah, the triceratops right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right here. What is? Is that a horseshoe? Oh, that I get like a kid right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, good to see you, dude. How are you? That's great. I am uh, I am honored <laughs> I am honored to make my maiden Pat. I'm uh, I'm super stoked to be here, man. I love the show. I love all you guys, freaking Kana and and Ty and Zito and freaking Foxy. Yeah. I I love the show, dude. I really do. I I absolutely. Oh, did I do something bad there? No, no. I mean, he dunked on Diggs a little bit. Tony. Dude. Yeah, I mean, Tony. you just you literally, you literally took that thing like from right here. 
and then you you know what here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put the money counters back up. Oh! <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to try to reset here. I'm going to no. try to reset here. Hey, we're a big fan. And I'll tell you, this is how you normally dress whenever I see you on NFL Network. Because we have all the channels on, obviously, in the office. NFL Network has its own TV. And every single time you and Dan Zeus pop up on the screen, we know it's money time. We know yeah. it's magic oh, yeah. time. Right. So we appreciate the hell out of the energy that you bring to the NFL world. And can, can we do a little brainstorm here for a second? Let's do it. All right. Thank you for that opportunity. <laughs> It um, is your show. <laughs> yeah, but it's about your show. So so we got some ideas. So Dan Hanzus is his yes. name. I saw the graphic, and I just saw Dan Zeus, and that's why I started calling him. But with you guys wearing pit vipers and being electrifying, can we not turn that into something? Can that not be Dan Zeus, Z-E-U-S, with him holding a goddamn lightning bolt with his power rankings I, listed below him? Because you guys are the authority on power rankings, and I think he should be the Greek god of power rankings and maybe a little Dan Zeus with you guys in there. Can we do that or no? Done. Done. Look, right. I have... Yes. Uh, Let's go. I'm pumped about that. And I'll be honest with you, Pat, because I'm such a bad person... <laughs> Uh, I call him the old Zeuser because his last name is Hansus, and his father Keith gets really upset when people mispronounce his name. <laughs> so, just to be a complete asshole, I call him the Zeuser, and everybody calls him Hansus because uh, that's just the kind of guy I am. I'm that yeah. bad of a person yeah, that it upsets money. his father to that extent. Yeah, well, money. I don't want to get a part of the family action there, but let's let's do a chat about the NFL, and I think. You and Move the Sticks, Daniel Jeremiah, being the one-two punch for the local Chargers game. And we talked about this before the we came live. The Chargers seem to be doing it right. You two calling games has to be electrifying. They got MJD, I think, working for them in some capacity. They got it feels like the Chargers are going all in. Do you feel like you're a part of that Los Angeles football fan war happening currently right in front of everybody's eyes? I do, yeah. MJD, you know, who does the Rams games, and JB Long, who does the Rams games. Oh, you know, we're, look, we're at odds. You know, you, you cross paths there at, at a downtown Los Angeles street that's regularly vacant because our downtown is a ghost town, and who knows what the hell could pop off. Downtown. You know, now look, I'm built like a 13 year old girl. Uh, Maurice <laughs> Jones Drew is a former All Pro running back. He's probably going to get the better of me, yeah. and Daniel Jeremiah, even if we went two on one there. But um, as far as the broadcast goes, I'm proud to be part of it. DJ's proud to be part of it. We're trying to get something rolling here in L.A. It's a long play. A lot of people like to pile on, right, in the short term. And, oh, how many fans were at this game? And what did that crowd look like? But I'll tell you one thing, Pat, like, and you know this, right, from, from having played with iconic quarterbacks. When you get that quarterback, man, it changes everything. Like now, like, and this is – maybe it's three or four of them that I've seen, but I never saw them before. Now I'm seeing mom and dad roll in in their Browns jersey. And, and you know, little little boy, you know, whatever, little Chris there has got the Herbert jersey on. And I think that's kind of what's happening with the Chargers in this town. And Peyton actually talked about it in a lot of NFL Films documentaries about how Indianapolis was basically a race basketball because they have Indy 500 here. Racing, uh, basketball – you know, kind of a quiet town. And then when Peyton got there, this entire state and area became a Colts football town. I mean, that literally happened almost in a span of two, three years. And with L.A., with the Rams having success and Matthew Stafford being there, it does feel like a guy like Herbert is 
is the guy. Have you chatted with him? Because his personality is often a topic of conversation. Because I guess he hates being on camera, hates being a microphone, but he's hilarious. He is the guy to lead them into, you think, superstar? You think he's going to be superstar, huh? I do, yeah. And, and you know what? I think he's a reluctant superstar right now. He just, you know, for... And I think that was kind of one of the things that, that came up at the Combine and why he slipped to six and, and ended up being the third quarterback take. And they were like, look, born in Eugene, raised in Eugene, high school in Eugene, college at the University of Oregon. He never left that bubble. Is, is How's he going to fare if he gets drafted by fill in the blank? You know, the, the Bengals or the Dolphins or the, the Los Angeles media and the Chargers. And I think, you know, what we're seeing is he's got a ton of personality. He's just very uncomfortable uh, with praise being heaped upon him like uh you know if you ever talk to him it's all oh my old line or oh my my fullback game neighbors and you know keenan having keenan is 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 the ultimate receiver for someone like me a young receiver because he's so good at getting open that's just how he is and i think he's starting to get more and more comfortable now you know you see the victory brisket he's grilling up and he's pushing traeger and he's got his endorsement you know we got our endorsements he's got oh, his hey, 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 he's selling glasses money yeah. moving glasses i i by the way, shout out to you if you do have an endorsement for a sunglass company. I don't. I don't. <laughs> oh, I, don't. I just like wearing them. No, nah, yeah, I you look, look like sweet. an idiot. Hey, no, if that thing goes to Dan Zeus and you guys become the Greek gods of power rankings, I think Pit Viper will get on board oh, with yeah. the quickness. He might be the perfect guy to be a superstar in L.A., by the way. You know, like because L.A., I assume, can get people. It's gotten people in the past that didn't even play there, let alone people that are entrenched in the middle of a football fan battle right now. There, there's no chatter about the Chargers being in on OBJ watch. Uh, there's like four or five teams now at this point. A sixth mystery team allegedly is also in there, depending upon which inside sources you listen to from anonymous sources. But allegedly it's the Chiefs, it's the uh, Saints because he's from New Orleans and uh, Sean Payton tried to get him, I guess, before the trade deadline. It's the Packers, it's the Pats, allegedly. Is there any other teams we should uh, potentially look out for? And how do you feel this thing plays out? Yeah, to me, Seattle seems obvious you know you look at the back end of their schedule they get russell wilson back and that that looks like uh you know six and two you know five and three. they can close strong and get into this thing and we've seen very much like the chiefs this is a team that regularly adds players um you know mid-season toward the back end of the season they're they're usually active at the trade deadline and i think you have you know that dominant personality at quarterback that's not going to be intimidated you know, not that Odell Beckham Jr. is intimidating, but he can be, right? He has that level of talent. And I think that's why you look at the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, the Packers. To me, I could see he and, and Aaron Rodgers having a special relationship. You know, I, I think you look at Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Those, to me, are the three. The Saints is interesting because they're kind of they're kind of on the periphery, right? Or maybe just right on that fringe of the playoff uh, uh, run. Because to me, this is a one-year deal, right? Or a half-year deal. I think once... You know, this is kind of a you can cut and run when the season's over and you're using him to get to the playoffs and, and try to make a run in the playoffs. So to me, I think you hit it on the head. I think it's those maybe three or four teams right there. And I, the Patriots, look, they've done it regularly. Would not surprise me at all. Yeah, so do you look at Dan Zeus's rankings and, and make your opinions on stuff? Does that do you? How often do you lean on Dan Zeus's power rankings? Well, look, I mean, Dan Zeus, again, you said it, unfortunately – We've tried to keep it a secret, but you blew the top off it. You know, he scri he, his scribe is a stone tablet and his pen is a lightning bolt. <laughs> so, how, you know, how can you deny them? 
You know, as much as I'm there to be a foil and push back and, and not say, hey, Dan Zeus, uh, I know what that bolt just scribbled out at number three. I agree. No, I got to push back from time to time. I got to say, hey, you know, what What are we doing here with the Browns? You know, the Browns, I know this. They were banged up. They're five and four. I get it, but went healthy, and now they're getting healthy. This looks like the best, maybe the best roster in the league top to bottom. I, I'm not trying to doubt the lightning bolt. I'm just saying maybe the Browns are a little bit low at 14. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm there to do. But I I think you've hit it on the head, Pat. I recognize the power, the grace, yeah. and the intelligence as it streams from that bolt of energy uh, and, and pens those power rankings weekly. How often does he just get murdered for those power <laughs> rankings? I couldn't even fathom because ESPN actually says this is an anonymous 81 people, yeah. you know, so yeah. that nobody could get attacked. And what is Dan Zeus uh, voting on? Now or in the end of the season? And does he just never look at his mentions? Because I believe a power rankings is the perfect recipe for a toxic Twitter experience. Uh, he gets murdered by the minute. Yeah. I, I would say is if I had to like, you know, is it is it weekly, is it daily, is it is it hourly? No, it's by the minute. <laughs> by the minute. All week long. And there are certain fan bases that are more impassioned than others. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will list a few of them. This is what's funny, Pat, right? I get the residual of it. Oh, it's like, oh, oh you oh, right? you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I do understand. I do understand. Yes, that's right. Yeah, uh, going yeah. back five days, you do understand. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You do. Yeah. So yes, I get, I get, uh, I get pulled into this. The Titans fans uh, are they are a volatile bunch. I think of all the Bills mafia and the Titans. Uh, the Titans team there, those are the two I think most volatile. It might be a little surprising. The Bills probably not surprising, right? They're always it's awesome. Western New York. My God, they got to get you know they want their just due for their Bills. But um, but yeah, I, he gets he gets absolutely wrecked. And look, why does the commissioner make thirty eight million bucks a year? <laughs> because he suffers the slings and arrows for the thirty two owners. Why does Dan make probably somewhere between seventy and eighty-five grand? Swings <laughs> 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 and arrows. <laughs> that was mean. That was really mean. <laughs> no, that's reality. I'm all though, thirty-two fan bases. It's because he's on NFL Network, so. You know, fans, I think, are even more like, oh, this yeah. guy, this guy is right. representing the league, he's disrespecting our team, and they go bananas. I got a chance to uh, disrespect the Titans fans one time on a pretty large stage, and it I was am, the best. Well, they didn't deserve no, it. No, Pat, I'm, listen, Pat, that is, and I am not exaggerating, I'm not blowing smoke here. Nah, we're done with it. We don't have enough time for no, this. No, no, listen. Nah, listen, we don't have enough it, time. It was the greatest, it was one of my absolute fit, and I am a man. Uh, with a speech communication degree and a political science degree. Speaking is in my background. It is one of the greatest public speaking presentations I have ever witnessed in my life. I mean that sincerely, Pat McAfee. So it you're really a doctor was. in speaking? Man, that is a massive... Look, yes. at you You should put out your power ranking. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nice that I'm on there. I appreciate that. That means a lot. With that being said, two times in there, though, a little bit of a fall, but I did get through it pretty well. You know, I did get pretty... And I didn't expect to do it until I saw Reggie bury them earlier in the night and was like, okay, so there is a little bit of a thing here. Because I was potentially going to cut a promo for Tennessee. And then... You know, uh, I heard that, and I'm like, okay, now we, uh, all right, I guess we got we go. I guess we got yeah. I mean, I guess we have oh, to. Oh, yeah. But they were awesome. It's incredible. Tennessee Titans fans, I'm happy they're getting a chance to experience, like, a, 
a squad. They're number one in the AFC right now. I mean, they're going. Now, Adrian Peterson, will he be able to be Derrick Henry for the long haul? We all hope so because I think yeah. they deserve it. But those fans get going. I mean, they get going oh, yeah. hard. Go ahead, Ty. Money, how difficult is it when you're calling Money. a Chargers game? Like, how do you prepare for that next week? Because you obviously have to put all of your, like, energy and emotion into that game. Like, how do you stay on top of what right. the hell is going on in the NFL? So here we go. Pardon me, uh, Ty, while I, I fall out of the frame here, but I'm going to grab something. Uh, you all right? You all right? So oh. this year, a little show and tell, oh. this is uh, this is called a board. So as you can see, I'll have this right in front of me. And uh, I put this together throughout the course of the week. And it basically has, if you can see it, it's a, it's a legal folder. On one side is the defense. On the other side is the offense. And so I'm looking at this while I'm calling the game. So I'll, I'll be looking down and I'll be like, all right. Herbert's got uh, three left, two right. Calais Campbell is mugging the A-gap. And, oh, here comes Chuck Clark uh, on a safety blitz. So I'll have this right in front of me as a crib sheet. But all the prep goes into making this with all the little nuggets on here. That, Like, like basically, you end up spending about eight hours to prep for a game on any given week. And you might use one-tenth of the information. You know, So you're not sitting there. And, like, the only reason you do this is if the game sucks. Yeah. So you're not sitting there reading your driver's license, right? And you actually have, like, oh, did you know that uh, Joey Bosa and this carpenter guy went to high school together and shared a girlfriend when they were juniors? Like, that's, that's the stuff you got to prep for. Hey, that's some real due diligence, and that's what this show has. An hour or two will be on the other side of this six-minute break. We will see you then. Okay, we're off on Sirius here. We're still live on YouTube. Matt Money Smith, can't thank you enough. Your answer ending at the time it did was fucking perfect. It's almost like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, we were seven seconds hard away out. from a hard out. Yeah, but you did, you're amazing because you're a doctor in speaking. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just found that out. You remember, um, you obviously remember, you have a great brain, and I would hope this is at least be some sort of memorable moment. Remember they gave us a desk on Combine Field and we were just live, open mic? Do you remember? That was yeah. fucking awesome. That was so much fun. Pat, Pat, I remember it like it was yesterday, and I want to give props to uh, my friend who's there in Indy, uh, Michael Young, who is known as Track Dude, and he does a lot of stuff with IndyCar. And he reached out to me, and he said, hey, you have to track down Pat McAfee. He does stuff on Bob and Tom. This guy is going to be a freaking media superstar when track his career dude. is over. Track dude. Track dude. So, Thank you, Track so Dude. I, yeah, so uh, Mark Brady reached out to you. And can you believe they let us have that shit, by the way? Unbelievable. They put a fucking desk at the, fi- at the, at the finish line of the 40 times. <laughs> yeah. And it was Bucky Brooks, uh, you, and me, three slap dicks it was walking awesome. around on the yeah. field while these guys are determining whether or not they were going to make the league or not. It was awesome. And obviously... The people watching could guess how that went. You know, like there was, there was <laughs> yeah. some. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was awesome. It was incredible. And I actually thought to myself after leaving there, I was like, man, that was a lot of fun. Like, that was a very enjoyable. I wonder how it did. I never got any real follow. It seemed like Twitter liked it. I was, you know, much smaller. Nobody really knew I existed. But that should be something that happens. Yeah. That should be something. Pat, you know what? So of all the stuff I've ever done at NFL Network, uh, or that one was broadcast on NFL.com. That was back when the combine broadcast on NFL Network and broadcast NFL.com was just that feed that we were on. It's the largest audience I have ever had for anything I have done with the NFL. The like the streams at times would get over a million views. They'd have like a million and a half people viewing, and they'd have this world map. Like, oh look. 
here in uh, Kyrgyzstan, there's seven people watching. Like, it was crazy when you would look at that stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. And you handled it incredibly, by the way. And once again, I can't state this enough. I did not know you were a doctor of speaking. <laughs> yeah, wow. It makes a lot of sense now that we get into it. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, big money. You just mentioned the Saints as one of those kind of edge playoff teams in the NFC. With the AFC being as close as it is now, do you see that kind of coming down to you know the last week, or will there kind of be some teams set in stone as we get closer to week 18? No, I think because, you know, I, I think you look at those two divisions, right? Uh, the AFC North and the AFC West. And to me, those divisions are, you know, they have a chance, each of them, to put in three teams. So I think week 17, 18 is going to be unreal in this league. You're going to have teams missing out on tiebreakers. Like, it's going to go down to, to third-level tiebreakers, teams that are like 11-6 and six or 10-7 and seven or whatever they may be. But the, to me, like, there's no... There's no elite team in the AFC, right? It feels like in the NFC, you got the Bucks and the way the Cardinals are playing and the Packers, like they're kind of in their own little category there. Whereas in the in the AFC, I think we believe in the Titans, right? We believe in the Bills, but then you look at, okay, well, the Chargers and Justin Herbert and, and the Chiefs, are you really counting out Patrick Mahomes? And I mentioned what I think of the Browns roster, and obviously the Ravens are a cheat code. that It's like playing freaking uh, – oh, you played at West Virginia, so it's like oh, playing yeah. freaking uh, – playing Pitt or playing Georgia Tech, you know, when you'd have to get ready for that, uh, when you'd have to get ready for that triple option. Like, to me, that's oh. what the Ravens are. It's a nightmare, Got it. you know, weekly, because it's so different than everything else. So I do think, kind of, that it's going to come down <laughs> to that final week. Uh, that was a wicked awesome answer there, by the way. The, <laughs> oh, yeah. the Georgia Tech offense is not the triple option anymore, though. No, they, they, they would it. like no. that to be known publicly, I assume, yeah. for recruiting purposes. It was tough to get some uh, wide receivers down there and five stars, I guess, at a time. I'm, you guys just run and you guys run the you guys play rugby still. No, no, no. We're different. We're a different offense now. That's a wild thing. Go ahead, Tom. Money. When you're calling a game with DJ, does he actually call a game, or he just spit out where they went to college, what their forty time was, what the pros and cons uh, in the draft were? So DJ usually, uh, like he one, he's there are certain people, and and I think all of you may know people like this that just see football differently, like they're able to track all 22 people. It's crazy. You know, I'm just following the action. I'm following the ball for the most part. And and DJ is like, well, I don't know if you noticed there, but the left guard was pulling and his feet got a little stuck there and he's a little bit of a waistbender. And then you look out at the linebacker, sideline to sideline. Boy, this safety sure does pack a punch. And one of his crutches, though, one of his go-tos that I absolutely love is, oh, you know, I, uh, I look back at my report on him from seven years ago and – well, you know what I said was he had uh, exceptional lateral quickness and a uh, great point of attack defense. Like, he'll bust that out and kind of puff his chest and be like, oh, my, and you see how small of a bird chest I no, have. No, no, you're yoked up over there. You look good over there. But I, I do like the fact that he will, you know, let everybody know that his draft, you know, analysis oh, yeah. still plays. Oh, yeah. still, seven years ago, I said this was going to happen and look exactly what's happened. I wonder how many... Uh, he missed on probably none because that's what Daniel mm. Jeremiah is. Just like you, sir, we can't thank you enough for joining us. This has been an electrifying conversation. Can't wait to see the Dan Zeus Dan power Zeus. rankings. Uh, you're the best, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Money Smith. Thank you, I'm so sorry for the interruption, but I needed to let you know that the Embark Dog DNA test is the best gift you can get for your pup this year. The more you know about your dog, the better you can care for them. And the Embark Dog DNA test lets you screen for over 210 plus genetic health risks and 35 
plus physical traits across more than 350 breeds to better plan the health routine for your pup for now and for all the holidays to come. Every kit comes with a veterinary geneticist who can help turn your Embark results into healthier choices. That's high-level help from the highest-rated test available. Your dog deserves the most accurate and comprehensive dog DNA test developed by veterinarians and scientists. And right now, Embark has a limited-time offer on their breed and health kit and purebred kit for listeners of this show. Go to EmbarkVet.com to get free shipping and save $64 with promo code PAT. That's EmbarkVet.com, E-M-B-A-R-K-V-E-T.com, promo code PAT to save $64 today. Back to the show. Joining us, Green Bay Packers all-time leading tackler, A.J. Hall. Yeah! yeah! What's up, dude? Let's go Avalanche, huh? They stink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a big Avalanche fan. You know that. How'd you get this? Who sent it to you? What is big this? hockey guy. What is this? This is something that got accidentally sent to your house? Why are you wearing it? What's that? No, I, just, I went to a, a game this past Saturday. My uh, brother-in-law plays out there now, so I'm an Avs fan. Your brother-in-law plays for the Avalanche? Mm-hmm. He used to play for the Pens, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's going down in minors. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a shame. Send my T's and P's to that guy. Hope he gets back on a better squad. Obviously, good luck to the Avalanche out there. He ain't going to do shit. <laughs> is, is Sidney Crosby, has he played a game yet oh, this whoa, year? Whoa, 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 whoa. He's got whoa. COVID. We hope he survives. Let's yeah. not worry about his state of hockey. Let's worry about T's his state of mind and body. Jeez. You really set me up for that one, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, Dumbass. why are you all dressed up? Oh, I just got home from a funeral. You know, that's, yeah. a, yeah. that's that type of situation you just did right there. Sidney Crosby is fighting for his fucking life right now. Okay, let's not worry about hockey. The boys are hanging tough yeah. without him. Jeez Louise. Anyways, that's Hockey Talk tonight. Tonight. 8 o'clock, youtube.com forward slash that's Hockey Talk live with Stanley Good Cup luck. champion Mike Rupper, oh, Nick yeah. Morono, Bubba Gumpino, in an electrifying comment section. Ain't that right, Nick? That is. The jacket's going in there. I appreciate you guys jumping in there. You guys like to stir the pot up in there a little bit. I hop in there and just make sure we're staying on course for what we should be talking about on That's Hockey Talk, and that's the fact that the fucking Penguins are bringing Lord Stanley's Cup back. No. It's coming home now. It's coming home now. Oh, Lord Stanley's coming home. To Boston. I just want to... No, it's shoving off to Boston. Boston sticks. No, they're better than the Penguins. Evie told me Detroit's going to win. The Red Wings are all the way back, boys. I'm shoving I watched that thing about the octopus and that guy. In the ocean, that guy who's obsessed with the octopi. Oh, yeah. What's his name? It's a documentary. James Cameron? No, that's Avatar. No, that no. is coming, though. I know Everybody what you're talking about. There's a, a dude in an octopus. Oh, yeah, like my squid or something. <laughs> it, it, whatever the case. I think it was my an octopus. octopus teacher. There, there, it, is. Yes, there yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah it's not a squid. It is an octopus. Yeah. And the octopus is an alien. The octopus is one of the smartest yeah. things of all time. The octopus handles its business. The octopus is potentially in a relationship with this dude that we watched a documentary. <laughs> yeah. And in a consensual relationship. And up there in Detroit, you know what they just take the octopus and just fucking throw it onto the hardest ice of all yeah, time. Well, yeah, you guys... Are cursed forever no, because of no. that. Yep. We are hockey town forever. No. We basically no. invented hockey. The NHL stunk when the Red Wings stunk. That's now look, we're all the way back. You guys we're still stink? Yeah. Yes, still stink. We're going to talk about it. Hockey talk. 15 years. 
Hate to break it to you, but Jackie, Jackie Aces is going to Vegas. Toughest bar in the league. And we got Eichel now. <laughs> Fucking game over for everyone else. He ain't playing everyone for else. half a year. Five, six months, get the back <laughs> fixed up. Get fucking Jackie Dangles on the ice. <laughs> Toughest board in the league. <laughs> Can't argue that. Listen. It's bullshit. The Pens and the Penguins franchise are the greatest group of hockey people to ever saddle the horse known as Lord Stanley's Cup. Mm-mm. Well said. When you come into the barn... <laughs> you gotta ram that in there again. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did anyways, right after the case. Shout out TVG Mike, by the way. Hey, shout out TVG Mike. Shout. He has yet to get one single horse bet right on this show. <laughs> oh, He's, no. he, Wait, he, he had one he thought, I thought was a lock. Back to me, lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lost. Everyone did. He liked Max Player, and it did come in last place. That was, Bruce. <laughs> that was Bruce's fault. Sure. No, it's not... Oh, it's... Bruce's fault that Max Player came in last, or yeah. that TVG Mike picks, uh, picked Max Player? The last. Came yeah. in last. It came wasn't well-trained. Yeah. Apparently, it wasn't a well-trained horse. I agree, but TVG Mike should have known that. So True. whenever TVG mm-hmm. Mike comes in and says, hey, Max Player, this horse that you just found out about about an hour ago being potentially partially owned in the office, it's like, oh, the universe is coming together. And then we all forgot TVG Mike hasn't picked a winner yet. No. <laughs> TVG Mike needs to give us a winner. He does. Right now. He Listen, does. Is horse season over? Yes. Thought it was just starting. <laughs> no, I think it's over. Breeders' Cup. It's, it's not big in the winter. It's not a big winter sport. Son of a bitch. Yeah, but they run in places where they don't have winter, right? Yeah, like Formula One. Bingo. Formula mid, One's mid great screaming back here that it goes all year round. Well, yeah. The does. horses race all year yeah, round. Yeah, obviously. Have to. But, are, like, the big is not right now. Anyways, Mitt's spending his day down here at the. Uh, Winter Circle. Winter Circle, betting on these ponies over uh, across the, the cut. Is there a the Greyhound world? track yeah. there? Uh, not the winter circle. No, there's. This is literally just a, uh, a an apartment building downtown that is just betting on ponies. Now they got a sports book in there as well. Oh, you yeah. did hear him yell, "Hell yeah!" They got a they have a racetrack there. Is that the place where you were watching where you took the photo and the roof was uh, was oh, basically yeah. the? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. This place is one of the most fascinating places of it's all awesome. time. But it does feel like Mitt has caught the bet on ponies bug. Whatever the case. Love TVG, Mike. Love the barn. Love the saddling of horses. Who's the best? Who's not the Who's not the best? All that. We need him to pick a winner for the next race that he talks about. Need yeah. a winner right now. Because we would like to continue to have TVG Mike on the show. Yeah, he's a good guy. And listen, TVG Mike, I've been giving out enough losing bets. Okay, we don't need you coming in and something we don't know anything about and giving <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, even if you lose, you just say that you won. Extra points. Actually, scumbag. Listen, I want twofer. Okay, it's not my fault that I decided to get aggressive with it and try to, you know, prognosticate that a game would end up within seven points. Are you yeah. kidding me, dude? I hit a twofer. I deserve at least one and a half there, don't I? No, but you know, if you want it, take it. You can have it. All right, good. Got All right. it. I'll still I'll lose. You said it. Don't take it back. You said if I wanted, I could take it. I'm taking it. Hey, yeah. All right. All right, hey, Gertie, give me a point then, too. No, 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 no. No, no I'm not giving that to you. Okay, you, you, I asked you. You said, yeah. I, if I wanted, I could take it. It's very nice of you. I'm not reciprocating the claims because you did not do the twofer. I did the twofer. I don't know what you, I don't know what you expect. <laughs> now, that I, now I know. I'm glad I know the ground rules. Now. All right. Hey, listen, we'll give you another loss, though. We, we, that's yeah. right. Hey, Four and ten. Keep it up. If you get that twofer loss, <laughs> we'll add that thing in there. That thing might multiply, too. It might I'm hiring somebody. I'm paying somebody to keep an eye on this. Hey, that person won't be able to keep up with Dirty, though. Dirty's no. been on fire. Uh-huh. Did you see the Pokemon thing you had earlier? Let's get to it. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Sorry. Sorry. Jesus. Oh, yeah, Goku. Oh, did you watch that show? 
No, but it put me oh. in some shit. You know, I, I ended up in some shit in the comments because oh, yeah. I thought this was a Pokemon reference. It is not a Pokemon reference. It is actually an incredible Dragon Balls reference. Oh. So allegedly, this is something that somebody looks into. I think Pikachu looks into this thing and decides where he's heading next. It's mm -hmm. a power-up. It is not a Christmas ornament like you and I had potentially thought immediately upon. Or an old stopwatch. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe a throwback Ooh. stopwatch. Yeah, no time, but maybe some destinations. Whatever you were thinking. Maybe a canteen, too. It looks yeah. like maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a canteen. What's going to drink, Don? What's going to drink? Is that what this is? It could. Well, that made more sense. I mean, on today of all days. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to the Marines, Happy by the way. Happy birthday, Marines. Happy birthday, dogs. Happy birthday to the Devil Dogs, but not, that is not the case. I guess this is a Dragon Balls thing where you look in there and you see where you're going next or doing next. This is not Pokemon in the park like you and I potentially thought it was. This is a compass for Dragon Balls. There it is. So is he going to head left to Green Bay? Is he going to end up in the middle of Kansas City? Saints, Pats, Seahawks, a sixth team potentially in the mix. I mean, it is. OBJ Watch is heating up. AJ Hawk, who are you thinking? I'm I'm a little bit surprised that he hasn't signed anywhere yet, or he hasn't agreed to terms with someone, aren't mm -hmm. you? To be honest, would have done a little bit more prep on the other shit we should have talked about today if I didn't expect the same thing you expected. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought I thought for sure the signing would be announced by you know first hour, yeah, second hour. Ooh, good reaction to that. Then we could talk about Jerry Jones telling Mike McCarthy, "Tell me everything." And then Mike McCarthy would be like, listen, Jer, you know, and that whole conversation that allegedly happened. And then a couple of things to carry us through the hour. Then coaches up Chuck would carry us home. But he has not signed anywhere. We know nothing. Just like yesterday, we were live until 3.56, just in case somebody picked him up on the waiver wire. Nobody did. It's been a lot of, you know, hurry up and wait here and hurry up and spectate on the OBJ situation. Since he hasn't signed yet, is he already becoming a distraction to, the, to his future team? <laughs> Uh, potentially he Whoa. is. It's a, it's a valid question, dude. Because now there's locker rooms waiting. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, come on, is he coming here or not? Big you want to play this weekend or not? Bro, it's yeah, install big day. install day today. Yeah, big install day. Hey, there's a lot of people in locker rooms like, fucking come or not. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's true. Or maybe people just be excited that he'll be there on Thursday and they're probably just going to give him his own package anyways. Probably could give it to him on Saturday if he had to to play on Sunday. But then next week we'll begin the entire learning process that'll be the rest of the season for wherever he goes. Bruce Arians has made a comment about Odell Beckham Jr. This is via Rich Strad. Strad. He's, he, he writes for the Tampa Bay Times. Oh, yeah. At NFL Strad. Bruce Arians confirms the Bucks are not in on the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes. Now we've already got A.B. We don't need O.B.J. Too many letters. <laughs> I mean, something to think about. Thanks, Bruce. Something to think about. You don't need to be the FBI to see that that's an LOL sitch from our guy Bruce Arians who's saying, nah, we don't need anything. We have enough weapons. But the Kansas City Chiefs are allegedly in on Odell Beckham Jr. Why would that be the case, you think, for Odell? Why would he go to the Saints when they don't even know who the quarterback is, aside from the fact that he'd be going home? And obviously a homecoming is an awesome thing with the whole family and everything like that. Don't all roads at this point lead to Green Bay? I feel like all roads lead to having a quarterback that can throw the ball on a button if need be, having a team that can go on a run, having an instant spot on the field. Right, he's instantly going to be on the field. There's going to be packages around him. And I think that is a locker room that will go ahead and welcome him in. And I think he'll be able to buy into. Although Green Bay is not like maybe the most electrifying place to live, I don't think that's even in there. I don't know how it hasn't happened at Green Bay yet, AJ. Are you as confused as me? 
Yeah, I'm definitely confused. I think the Patriots could be a real option too, and it, it all depends on what Odell wants, uh, or I guess what teams are, are willing to do. Uh, like the Packers do seem like a very good fit. The Patriots, he'd go in there, he'd be you know wide receiver one right away, like everyone thinks. What do you mm-hmm. think? You think he'd be the first, the number one dude? He would be, but that offense is run very differently, isn't it? I mean, if he goes to the Patriots, it makes no, yeah. To, to cut you off, like yeah, it seems like Green Bay absolutely 100 percent should be his choice. Maybe it is his choice, but I don't know how. Like, who knows how serious they are going after him. But, I, yeah, the Chiefs, I can see the Chiefs, too, though, because he probably is just like me. He thinks eventually they're going to snap out of it. We covered this in uh, the first hour, but it's real. In the Green Bay Packers offense, if Odell Beckham Jr. isn't what everybody and all the speculation is about, not that big of a deal because the offense isn't changing at all for Odell Beckham Jr. He's just being plugged in to an offense that is ready to go and they're telling him what his package is and he automatically has a spot on there. So if he works, it's a great, I mean, it is a great additive, but they're not changing the offense at all for Odell Beckham Jr. Like maybe the Cleveland Browns were trying to do to maybe force him the ball or Baker Mayfield wasn't as comfortable getting him the ball for whatever reason. I feel like New England, they would have to change the offense a little bit to get Odell Beckham Jr. involved there. Am I wrong in thinking that or no? I don't think you're wrong, but I think that's like the appeal to it is that because of Belichick and the resume that him and McDaniels did, he would kind of change, you know, either himself or be okay with only getting a few targets a game. But for that mystery team, do you think like the Bills or the Titans Ooh. might just take a oh, run at them? Just, Bills. They're at, towards the top. Like they might as well add somebody. And I don't know about the Titans though. The Bills. I mean, maybe the Titans. I'm not 100 sure. Unless you just texted, did you just text Vrabel? No, here? no. I said I don't. I don't know about the Titans just because you know they brought Julio in. He's been. Like, I just don't week. see it. Very it's underwhelming. It's a fast. Well, we don't know yet. Still a long season to go, and now there's no Derrick Henry for them to depend upon. Let's see how Julio Jones and AJ Brown, Ryan Tannehill, and if Adrian Peterson can continue to go. Now, granted, he only had 20 yards and scored mm-hmm. for two yards, but them getting that win without Derrick Henry was that a? Um, and I know you have a list. Was that like a motivation game, you think? Like to prove it game? And then, will they be able to sustain is a big question. But the Buffalo Bills scoring zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, touchdowns against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Congrats to Josh Allen getting AFC defensive player. Yeah. Hey, by the way, breaking news. First time in the history of the NFL, a player has won defensive player of the week while playing against a person with the same name as he. Holy wow. shit. Congrats to Josh Allen, dude. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. His heads are going to explode. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's real. Uh, Justin Herbert and Tommy Tonson huh. round out the AFC Special Teams Players of the Week. And I want to let everybody know, Justin Herbert, big fan. Hey, hey, good on you. Congrats. Good. Josh hey. Allen. Hey, what you did to Josh Allen was not only uh, record-breaking and uh, score got me like because it's never happened before, but so impressive for Duval. Yeah. Hey, gets a win in America for the first time as an NFL head coach because of what Josh Allen did yeah, on defense yeah. side of the ball. Yeah. First fumble, pick, all that sack, you name it. He did it all. They got to win six points. Buffalo Bills, you might need a new weapon. Tommy Townsend, okay, big balls. Hey, Tommy. I don't know how anybody other than Chris Boswell won AFC Special Teams <laughs> Player of the Week. I, I love Tommy Townsend. Diggs is not happy about it, no. obviously, but awards are fake. Who gives a fuck about any of them? But Tommy Townsend had a huge day hitting big balls. And I love it anytime a punter gets player of the week because that means that you there was no punts or kicks returned like Ken A. Wongwu yeah. for the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week and Xavier McKinney and Matt Ryan on the NFC side. But Tommy Townsend winning, I love Tommy. Big bounce back after what happened in the Super Bowl. So incredibly proud of Tommy Townsend who has a massive leg, great hair, embalms balls and had a big time game. With that being said, 
Chris Boswell hit from 54-52, a 40-yard game winner, had a fumble recovery, mm -hmm. all in the fourth quarter of a primetime game in which they would have lost without him. I just, I think Boswell deserves a lot more than just our flowers. He deserves one of these fake awards, too, doesn't he, I'm worried that the war on football is back because I'm worried that they didn't give Boswell the award because they didn't want someone winning the award the week after they were in concussion protocol because that would mean that concussions aren't as serious as they say they are. Wow. Pony. <laughs> Connect the dots, hey, Another valid point, Diggs. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Jay. It's been a good Wednesday. Yeah, he's really batting a thousand thus far out here, but congrats to everybody winning it. But to your point, maybe the Buffalo Bills are in on him. Maybe the Buffalo Bills say, hey, we need an extra spark. We got Diggs. We got Beasley. Obviously, Josh, Allen's is, uh, Josh Allen is doing his thing. Not against Josh Allen, but against everybody else. It seems like he's been able to do his thing. Add an extra weapon up there. Let's go on a run. But I, I just – $4.25 million coming from Cleveland, right? Yep. It was originally 8.05. So we said we knew the score before we were – uh, learn, before we learned of what the negotiation was. Because remember, Andrew Barry was meeting with Odell Beckham Jr.'s people. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to uh, negotiate a, uh, a term for the release, but he didn't want to get picked up anywhere. So how were they going to maneuver it? It went down to $4.25 million from the Cleveland Browns. He's out there now. He's a free agent. He could double dip because he's never got termination uh, pay before. Is that money, the $8 million you think, the holdup? Or is he just looking for who's making any offer, you think? Like, what, what do you think it is for him? Because if I'm him, right, and I'm not Odell Beckham Jr., it'd be cool. It'd be cool if I was. Yeah, You can make that catch. That catch. I yeah. could do the catch every once in a while. Yeah. I don't know if I could do it from the clouds from Eli Manning primetime with somebody draped on top of me while doing it, but who knows? I haven't tried. Haven't been there. Yeah, Maybe. True. But I am not Odell Beckham Jr., but I would want to go to a place that's going to go on a run. I would want to go to a place that potentially is going to give me a Super Bowl. My legacy is much better if I'm a Super Bowl champion. Um, I would also like to go to a place with a quarterback that is proven. Now, Josh Allen is definitely, definitely one of those things, but all roads feel like they're going to Green Bay. They really do. Matt LaFleur was asked about it, I guess, and he gave a smile. He gave a smile, but he didn't give away anything. That's via Ari Mirov at My Sports Update, Pro Football Focus account. Matt LaFleur smiled but didn't take the bait when asked about Odell Beckham Jr. The Packers are among the teams with serious interest. And Matt LaFleur couldn't help but crack a smile. Was that because he knows that Aaron Rodgers is back because Aaron Rodgers ran a two-minute drill in his backyard and found out his heart was okay, so he got past that medical hurdle that he was potentially alluding to yesterday? Or is it because Matt Floor knows, knows more than what he's telling us? Well, that's what I don't understand is we hear all this stuff about, like, if, if the Packers were really his number one choice, wouldn't have this already been a done deal? Like, what is the holdup? Because uh, we've kind of discussed, uh, like, we are you don't... turning on Odell already? No, point. definitely not, Ty, but if, it, if it's Ty. not about money... He's not even on a team yet. Ty, give him a break. He's Ty, it's a big isn't it a little bit about money though it can be right well that's does he want to get back to that eight like does he you know what i mean or is it yeah, just I mean, that could be a big deal for some teams but didn't he i agree yes. like every any packers fan knew that the offer he was going to get like was just going to be like the league men like i i can't imagine that he went in thinking like well i want to go to the packers but i also want them to sweeten the pot a little bit if uh, I can see him asking for at least asking for it. Maybe that's what they're trying to work through now. Hey, it's just business, baby. Yeah, Patriots hey, can I'm, give him that. I'm going to move to Green Bay. I know the <laughs> Oneida Casino will give me some uh, some winning nights or whatever if I need to stop by there. But you're going to have to at least pay a little bit for my time. 
Well, yeah, effort. how about fucking catching eight tuds from Raji in the second half of the season and then getting, you know, 20 mil next year? What, 20 what, mil? What, what's that for? There's Not- a chance that everything does escalate for him in his next contract if he's playing with a guy who will. And it's not about him getting 10 touches a game. It's not about no. that. I think it is just about him being okay with running the decoy shit, but whenever it's his time to get the ball, we can't miss this. Like, hey, I can't continue to do the bullshit, and then whenever it's my time, it's a miss, and I just don't even get a shot. Now we got to wait like another two quarters worth of decoy so we can catch him again. I think that is potentially where OBJ was pissed off about. And by, by, by the way, Baker Mayfield is going to miss. Every quarterback is going to miss throws. Every quarterback, that yeah. is going to happen. That is something that's going to happen. But I think that is a much larger thing for Odell than maybe anything else. I would think. I'm not 100% sure. Because when you're making this type of decision, you have to go back and say, like, okay, what went wrong? What was actually my big beef? I thought it was a good teammate. I thought it was a good teammate. A lot of people were saying I was a bad teammate. I, I thought it was a pretty good teammate. I bought in. But now we're getting to the point where it's, I'm buying in, I'm doing all their shit, and it's not paying off for me. You know, like, I think that is potentially how we got here. I guess we'll never know until he talks, but in my eyes, I would want to go to a place that that won't be repeated, you know? Yeah, well, he want, I would assume he wants to win, and he wants to be, like, a consistent contributor to the offense. So, not just every once in a while. And I think it's it's a, a good point you bring up. Yeah, he, he has no problem running, you know, clearing people out and being a decoy at times, but when he is open, he probably expects to to be hit on target a few times. And guess what? I think Aaron is pretty good at that. Yeah. And can you imagine OBJ, like the back shoulders, all the things where Aaron can throw him open even when he's not open? Like, it, it would be crazy. Hey, by the way, Josh Allen also. Like, you yeah, added the. Yeah, Pat you, Mahomes, all these guys can do it. You, not all these guys. No. That is not. Those guys. Trevor Simeon. Yeah, do there it. is guys yeah. that can do this. And I think that is the biggest conversation piece for Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not 100% sure, but if it is the money, I don't know if that's. You know, like, I don't know if yeah. that's necessarily uh, zoom out, you know, high level. What were his expectations coming in? That's the thing. Like, did he expect teams to sweeten the pot a little more, as you said? Well, and if teams were to sweeten the, the pot, wouldn't they have just picked him up on waivers then? That's right. probably what everybody's saying to him. So maybe it's not the money. Maybe he legitimately is, like, uh, going home to New Orleans with Sean Payton, knowing that Simeon's probably not going to be the answer long term, just having faith in the Saints organization. I guess that could be it. Going to Kansas City, it's like they're going to win. Is that why you, that you know that they're inevitably they're going to By the way, can we, talk, can we bring up the top five quarterbacks right now in the NFL? By what judgment? How are you judging that? Passing yards. Look at this. Okay. That matters. Okay. I mean – it can. I mean, it does matter, but not as not. It's not the be all end all. Oh no, I concur completely. I concur completely. Patrick Mahomes, though, still in the top five, passing. They're still winning games. It's not beautiful, and there is so much scrutiny about Patrick Mahomes being broken. I twenty think that, TDs already. Twenty pass TDs. I didn't know he had that many passing touchdowns. Me neither. Dirty made this graphic, and I looked at it, and then I saw Patrick Mahomes is still. I'm like, is this act? Like, what? Are we, is this even real? And it's like, yeah. And then you look at the receiving leaders. Look at this. Tyreek Hill is still in the top five. And Jeez. we've been talking about how terrible this team is. Top five quarterback, top five, uh, five receiver. Obviously, with one normally will come the other in this particular set of circumstances. But they're winning games ugly. They still are putting up massive stats. I wonder why, and why we all have such a take on the Chiefs right now. I think it's because how good we know they can be, and they're just nowhere near that. And if you look at these stats and 20 TDs and winning games still and Tyreek Hill, you got to think to yourself, like, 
oh, the Chiefs are primed to potentially go on a super, super run if they can figure it out. Is Odell Beckham Jr. the linchpin that potentially opens up the defense a little bit more? Not to Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman. Mm -hmm. You go down the list of weapons that they have. Is Odell Beckham Jr. being added in there a game changer for them? And that's probably what they're selling to Odell right now, if I had to guess. Well, and he has, like, Mahomes has 20 touchdowns, but don't the Chiefs have the most turnovers in the NFL? Like, and not like not that they're all his fault, but you can throw 20 touchdowns, but if you throw 14 picks and lose three fumbles, like that, yeah. you know, that, that says a lot, too. He has double-digit picks, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All that's those. the hard part. That's what, that's what I think everyone's seeing. You're seeing that. He's got to go to Green Bay. Has to. Yeah, that's Has why to. it does make sense to Ty's point, like why it hasn't happened yet. Because like AJ said, to be a constant contributor, that's why I don't think he's going to New England because it's a different guy every damn week. All right, let's move on until OBJ watch ends. <laughs> Who is there? Is there one insider that is dialed in more than anybody else in this situation? Good news, no. <laughs> it there, does. It seems like it seems like nobody like all this stuff that's being reported. I'm like, this could all be garbage. Like we don't know. It could. What are you talking about? Somebody's going to have to. This is just like, um, I'm not, it's too deep for me to get into. But when we die, we're going to find out. That's yeah. right. There's people that were wrong and there's people that were right. I think, you know. That, How do you find out when you die? Who's right? Who's wrong? There's exactly. one that's guy definitely pushing his narrative. That's for sure. Okay. So there, that's what I'm saying is all these people are on the record now saying what's uh, happening from their anonymous sources. And some of these people, what, you have to have two, you have to have two things to confirm your sources, I think. I don't know. I watch. No, not to just tweet it, you don't. Okay, maybe that's a problem, too. And uh, uh-huh. maybe that's something that should be, you know, talked about or thought about. But there's a lot of contradicting reports happening right now. And I just want to make sure that in the end, we do ask about people potentially utilizing their platform for false information. Yeah, absolutely. What's OBS like? You know what I mean? What's OBS like on Instagram right now? That's what we should be looking at. Yeah, let's go to Odell Beckham Sr. And then also, Devontae Adams, he liked the tweet saying that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is liking the Green Bay Packers, so Devontae Adams is on board. Yeah. I mean, I think really at this point, the only person we can fully trust is Schultz, right? Yeah. Well, the Schultz report plays no fucking games. Schultz did say that Odell's number one destination will be the Packers. So, And we all know... That Rossini, Diana Rossini of ESPN, she she got us through a lot of hard times. Oh yeah, she don't lie. She she her information got us through a lot of hard times. So we have to think back. Like who did she have great? It was with the Saints. Mm-hmm. So she is potentially hearing from maybe not just the Saints. By the way, Rossini crushed it all over. She oh, had yeah. like Cardinals. She carried like four weeks of sports talk. Do you yeah. remember that? Oh yeah, Slaughter. broke the JJ Watt news. Hey, let's go, huh? Thank you, Rusey. Thank, Thank you, Diana. So Diana has done nothing to make us believe that what she is saying isn't gospel either because she has a resume that has proven that she knows her shit, but she's saying stuff that other people are saying something different against, and those people are living and dying by their source. So it's a, it's a fascinating situation, especially with the NFL, when everybody seems to be full of shit. Well, football-wise, the Saints, to me, doesn't make sense. Yes, he could be going home and all of that. That's what makes sense, but... When your quarterback situation isn't really settled, why would Odell? Why would that be a top priority when he's going to go there for half a year? Yeah, I don't understand. We, and this conversation is going to continue until 
OBJ watches complete, which will hopefully happen, I don't know, 45 minutes ago for the good of our show, dude. <laughs> Fucking figure it out, dude. Where's rap right now? He's supposed to be our guy. He hasn't said anything all day about what OBJ. What the hell is he doing? What is up with Rappaport? Is he okay? Is he taking today off? Let's have a moment of silence for Ian Rappaport's tweets because uh, it seems like they are dead. We've heard nothing from the rap. He and Warren Sharp go somewhere? Well, uh, two different segments of the internet, please. Stats, insider. Rap is back. We have an update. There is Woo. an extension that just took place for Joel Batania. Ian Rappaport is tweeting that sources have said the Browns have agreed to terms with guard Joel Batania on a contract extension, locking up their second big-time guard in two days. First, it was the alligator lifting and swinging Wyatt Teller. Now, Joel Batonio. Andrew Barry has built that team around the run game. He has built that team around the trenches. And this is just another sign of that, paying Joel Batonio. I assume a handsome amount of money to continue to be a people mover for that backfield that is loaded and that team that is committed to the run game. Your thoughts, AJ Hawk? Makes sense. He was on the show a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. the mm-hmm. in front of the show. How's your family? Yeah, his How's dad was a, his dad was knocking people out when he was a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah that's hey, smart. That's a that's a strength of this Browns team. Absolutely, that offensive line is legit. Smart, but for them to, to lock those guys up, that interior, you keep them safe. Your quarterback has a chance. Them acknowledging the fact that this is who our team is and this is who we are going to be. This is the weather that we have to deal. We all see the odds of getting a quarterback that can just sit back there and sling it 50 times and win games. It is not very high. We build this through fundamentals. We build this through a great defense. We build this through the trenches that in the end win every single game and lose every single game. That matters. Whenever you get late into the season... The team that has the worst offensive line probably going to lose. Yep. Sorry, worst offensive line performance. Mm-hmm. There you go. Sure. Probably going to lose. So you have to lock in who you think will be there. Now health will go into it because it is hand-to-hand combat on every single play. But Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio being two pillars in the city of the Cleveland Guardians. Oh, yeah. right. Which is on Pillar of the Bridge. I mean, that's a big-time move by Andrew Barry. Go ahead, Tone Diggs. Are so- you scared in the AMC North? No, they still don't have a quarterback, which leads me to my point. Wow. Are they are they paying these guys with the thinking that they'll backload these contracts so that they can then pay Baker Mayfield? Or are these paying these are they paying these guys thinking that they're not gonna pay Baker Mayfield? I don't have a drum, but I don't wanna beat it. <laughs> but I think we all know what's going on here. Baker Mayfield is gonna be offered a team friendly contract, and he's either gonna take it or he isn't. Yep. And if he doesn't, they're going to move on to a young quarterback that isn't very expensive, that they can continue to run through and build through. Baker brought them success in a city that had not had any success. Remember, not too long ago, there was... You stopped. And I... Well, it's because this drum's about to get going. I'm about to become the guy, the dotty eye guy that fell first week of the fucking season for Ohio State. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember, they weren't even able to open an ice-cold Bud Light cooler in Cleveland not too long ago because they said no Bud Light 
until the Browns win. Guess what the Browns didn't do? They didn't win. No. Nope. So these Bud Lights have been sitting in there as long as the Iron City beers have been sitting in Mike Tomlin's fridge that Bill Cowher gave to him 15 fucking years ago. The Browns, not too long ago, had a jersey with all the quarterbacks' last names on it that literally ran down longer than Connor's mullet, longer than Brett Michaels' hair, yep. all the way down to the middle of the knees, almost the calf of different quarterbacks that have come and gone in Cleveland over their entire suck fest. Then Baker Mayfield debuts when Tyrod Taylor gets hurt on a primetime football game and electricity was brought to Cleveland, Ohio. The place that's called the mistake on the lake by people in Pittsburgh and other places was no longer the mistake on the lake. It was the nuclear factory on the lake with Baker Mayfield running wild on Thursday night football. Then there are some down times, but now we are back. A playoff win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baker Mayfield has skippered that shit show boat of the Cleveland Browns into new waters that they have not seen in a long, long time. They know that the football gods could potentially say, I am the captain now. If they grab Baker Mayfield and throw his ass off of the ship that potentially guided them into much more pleasant worlds. But I don't think that offer is going to be anywhere near what we have seen for other quarterbacks. I think Baker Mayfield potentially knows that. This is going to be a, this is a massive year for him. That's why I think he is so determined to play. And I think he knows how good the team is and everything like that. I just don't think it's going to be that next record level setting contract offer. He knows that. Yes, I think so too. But what is it? That's what I wanted to ask you. What does a team friendly deal for Baker look like? What is it average per year? That's what I would. So if you give him like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is allegedly getting $50 million a year, right? But that money's not until like year seven, eight, nine, and 10. It's a 10-year 500, and somehow they were able to do salary cap gymnastics, and it was only like $13 million against the cap for the next four years somehow, whatever the case. Aaron's at, what, 27 or something like that, or 31 or something like that? I'm not 100% sure. 33.5. 33.5, that is against the cap, or that's his overall year? Average per year. Average per year. So what if that was like 15, 20? Like, yeah. is that not a great living? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. his ego will be able to stomach that. It's that, always a great living, but I feel like it's got to be over 20 for him to take it, though. I guess it depends on the guarantee and the structure, but I, I would assume they're not going to – 20 know. would make Maybe him he the 16th highest paid quarterback in the league. How about that? There's a team right now that is in the bottom half of the NFL paying that amount of money to fucking quarterback. Yeah. And that team stinks. Mm-hmm. A lot of rookie quarterbacks, too. Even below those guys. Yeah, There's the a team with zero wins paying a quarterback a lot more money than that. Oh, yeah, that would be the Lions. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about, Jared Goff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's Tannehill making, though? $100 uh, million. He just signed a hundred something million. 29.5. He signed a $100 million deal, and we all thought, oh, it's going to be a team-friendly deal because they got to lock down the king behind him. And Tannehill maybe out of Miami is like happy. Thank God, I'll take a team-friendly deal for this. And then it came out like, no, nope, he's going to get $30 million a year, $100 million, actually. <laughs> yeah. a, Salary cap's going to go up. We won't be able to do he's it. He's 11th in the league. So, like, a team-friendly type deal is, I guess, $25 million? Yeah. That's what Derek Carr is making. Hey, go for quarterbacks. Hey, let's go. Quarterbacks. Hey, the, the toughest salary. thing for the Browns, don't you think, Pat, would be if they somehow put everything together in the second half of the season, they make a run, they get to the Super Bowl or something, Baker plays well, then they're like, okay, well, we can't really offer him that team-friendly deal, and they're not really sure if he is that franchise guy beyond. Like, is he a 35-a-year dude? So yeah, I mean it'd be a good problem to have if they make a run. You think would, he goes it would drive his price up? You think he goes into free agency in the market? You think somebody in the market pays him thirty five million dollars a year? Because that's Probably, what Andrew Barry has to rare. Think, right? It's very rare for a quarterback his age to hit the market. 
And it's very rare for a quarterback that has had success, a playoff win already, yeah. turn an entire yep. team around to hit the market. There might be somebody that'll say, uh, we just need somebody that can throw the fucking ball. Our team, oh, yeah. our team would be much but better. The Lions. Detroit, you don't think the Lions yeah. would want to sign him up? Carolina would take him right now. Yeah. You think? Oh, yeah. Over Darnold? Oh, no, yeah. no, I understand that. But I, I think run. they're moving on like, from Darnold. Yeah, not, I think they're going. I think they'd, I think they'd pay Baker. You think the Carolina Panthers would? I think so. And Baker, by the way, winner. Yeah. Darnold. And he, a loser. Not yeah. a winner. Yeah. He didn't really win much in college either. Goff winner, though. Right? Big winner. Uh-huh. Yeah. One now season. Now he's in Detroit, though. And what about the Niners? There ain't no way they would pay. They drafted Trey Lance. So yeah, but if they get rid of Shanahan. Baker's future is so awesome to talk about because it's going to happen. It's going to be somewhere. And it's like if Cleveland lets them leave and then they bring in a quarterback and let's say that person either gets hurt or stinks or whatever the case is, oh, we're Cleveland again. You know what I mean? OBJ's gone. If Baker moves on, you still got Jarvis. And you got Njoku who didn't know that it was a 17-game season. That, that piece of information just came out. By the way, I respect that because I probably would have forgot that as well. I didn't know who we were playing next. I just knew what was next, so he might get judged. And that defense is still going to be powerful. But if they move on from Baker and don't have success, oh, what that would be absolutely They're in a tough spot. Devastating. I think they're in a, think they're in a very tough spot right now. Trying like this, Whatever decision they make will impact their, their team for the next however many years. And it's like, all right, you better guess right. It feels like you just have to pay them and just keep trying yeah. to win with that same formula. It's too hard Running to find the a ball, good ball, playing sound fundamentally, and, and, and hope he brings you the balance and value of some of that contract. You think that you just have to – you think somebody, $35 million? I think the Browns have I mean, to. Well, for, your, for the reason you said, like if you let him walk – after what he's done to turn the city around and the franchise around, like what kind hey, of hey, congrats on Baker, man. Yeah. Good for you. And I assume all Cleveland is like, this is a lot better than what it was, pal. This is a lot better than what it was just a few years ago. So I, I by the way, I thought Andrew Luck was potentially going to take a team-friendly deal because he comes from a lot of money and everything. He did not. No, no. He took all the money he could get. And by the way, nothing but respect for that. I hope Baker goes and gets as much money as he possibly can. But that entire business situation over there, with them investing in the line and spending money on people, I wonder what that does lead to for the future of Baker Mayfield, knowing that the salary cap means absolutely nothing these days. You can shape contracts to fit into any salary cap it has been proven now on numerous occasions in multiple organizations the salary cap means nothing so if baker becomes the guy that you put on a seven-year deal eight-year deal ten-year deal you can move his number forever to keep the salary cap where it is you kick the can down the road you have to catch up at some point but if you got a good thing going how do you go the opposite way i guess that's football business baby can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of this crazy thing called life with you. If you listened this long, I'd assume you like it. If you hate listened this long, shout out to you. That's incredible, Will. Please don't tell anybody that. But if you like this show, please be a friend, tell a friend. Also tweet hashtag squad so you could potentially win some merch. We're in a crazy time in the world's existence. And I just want everybody to know that I am grateful for everything and everybody. And let's just try to enjoy the hell out of this life. Only get one time to float around on this rock floating through space for however long it's been floating around. We don't even know that at this point, I guess. I hope we can continue to help enjoy these days. And once we don't, go ahead and move on. 
because that's all we're trying to do is give a mental vacation for everybody. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Coach Us Up Chuck Wednesday evening. Back tomorrow for a brand new Thursday. We'll see you then.